Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been trying to get new people that I've either seen on YouTube or Facebook who learn languages because evidently I've recorded a lot of people since starting my podcast show almost two years ago and mostly it's you know the people that are popular yeah i have i haven't recorded like all the people that chris brohan's recorded because i'm picky about who i want to interview and deservedly so you should be you should be yeah um and, and and a lot of times it's like it's so male driven it is and that is one thing that actually does really frustrate me is because there's so many um there are so many non-men you know you have women you have non-binary people you have uh people of color as well who just don't get more screen time in a way whether it's by choice or it's by lack of recognition and that i i love diversity i actively seek diversity so I'm always looking for like other black women who who uh, study languages because I don't know. I just want to connect with more people like me in that aspect. Oh yeah. I I've been in the language learning community for about, it'll be five years in April. And I mean, I wasn't aware like, you know, how big of a space this is. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as people, and, and, and a lot of them are Caucasian, a lot of them are from Europe, a lot of them are from the States or Canada or Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I don't, I don't see enough minorities, mm-hmm. like enough Latinas, enough Asian people, enough. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not seeing anyone from the Middle East. I mean, not to say that there aren't people in people's groups. That are mm-hmm. from the Middle East, but as far yeah. as like visible, mm-hmm. no, no, and it's it's kind of sad because it's like you have all these people who have all these shows, um, that are on, you know, the airways pretty much, whether it's a podcast, and you don't have too many people of color, or if it is. It's all Spanish related. Mm-hmm. Or I mean I don't I don't see any minority languages. I don't see people doing like a Swahili podcast or a Zulu podcast. I don't see anybody right. doing like Arabic or Hindi or some people might do Mandarin but I don't see like Japanese or Cantonese, or Thai, or Vietnamese, and it's just like, really? Yeah, everything is so European-focused, and I think it it really shows how much of this area of the world, meaning, like, the people who are most actively connected online, it, it shows how Eurocentric we still are, and no matter how much we try to say that we want diversity, that there's this, this, that, we learn languages for other because we love other cultures, it's like, but where are the what are the aspects that we're focusing on? Not aspects. Where are the where are the origins of these languages that we focus on the most? And I would say East Asia and Europe as a whole are just 
incredibly popular. And I mean, you have Spanish, but Spanish is like, that's like a more technical kind of thing. Because while Spanish is most widely spoken by brown people, it's not, its origin doesn't lie with brown people. Not in its right. entirety, because, you know, you have Arabic influences, so if you want to bring in that technicality, you could. But regardless, it still has a European origin. Right. And with that, we're still adding this focus to Eurocentric ideas, and it just, it doesn't make us think that we're as diverse, or not doesn't make us think. Um, it doesn't show us that we're as diverse as we really want to be. Right. And we can do better. We can absolutely do better. And we can give more recognition to other languages that are incredibly important. And I know this because I learn European languages and I'm really interested in European um, culture, European, not, not necessarily culture as a whole, but more so history is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, I love European history, especially like um, ancient and medieval history. So I, I recognize that while I am really interested in this, I'm also interested in a lot of other things. And right. it's not that I'm better for any of that. It's more so that I can recognize that, yeah, um, I do need some diversity in what I want to learn and what I want to surround myself with. And it, I just, I told you, like, I, um, I, I actively seek diversity. So regardless of what I study, regardless of my interests, diversity is always like it's it's general but right. it's still at the forefront of everything I want to do you know it's funny you say that because um I have a theater background and I have mm -hmm. a film background um because I studied awesome. those two subjects when I was in college awesome. and and I'm one of those people where my second language was American Sign Language because I was around deaf people when I was little and then I had some Spanish influence because my godmother's part black, part Puerto Rican. Um, so, you know, but in regards to the culture, I enjoyed the food, the people, the music, the dancing. When it came down to the actual language, the actual language, I just, I, I was very hesitant because it was one of those things where I liked singing to Shakira, Ricky Martin, yeah. Santana, and Ricky Iglesias. But I was like, I don't feel that I need to be forced to learn it because we have a demographic of people that came from Latin America or Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or Mexico, for instance. And I kind of feel like uh, there's not enough languages like Russian and Turkish, Cantonese, Hindi, Arabic that are being pushed in the forefront. It's all either German, French. French. Now, don't get me wrong. I love French. Um, <laughs> French, German. And German is only spoken in so many countries. Right. But for business purposes, it's one of the ten languages of business. Mm -hmm. so, I just saw that recently, actually. Right. And so it's like, okay, if you can speak Hindi, Mandarin Chinese, Spanish, Brazilian Portuguese, uh, Arabic, Japanese, right. French, and English, you're pretty much covered. Yeah. And so, and, and that's, that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, 
this is all I see in a lot of these groups. Like I've actually had to leave groups mm-hmm. because it was too much sexism, too much yeah. discrimination of people. Um, now, mind you, it's supposed to be a language learning group. Yeah. So if you're, it shouldn't just be about what textbooks you're using, you know, the grammar right. aspect. If you're taking a class, if you're doing it independently, culture has a lot to do with it too. If you're going over right. to another country, you need to be able to know the laws of that mm-hmm. country because there are people that I have heard their testimonies about how they, their, their passport wasn't accepted on the other side of the border because of one technicality or another and they were turned away and they had to go back. And mm-hmm. and I said to myself, no, why didn't you check this out before you left? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean. Safe than sorry. Right. And, and if you're a woman, that's mm-hmm. even worse because whatever mm-hmm. country you're going into, Depends on, you know, the situation and how right. women are treated over there. Right. And I try not to listen to the news as much in their version of it, but I like to listen to the people that are on the ground that live mm-hmm. there. And I said, you know, like, like somebody said from Iran as a prime example, we're not, we, is, we don't have a problem with the American people. It's their government. It's their, it's 45. Right. And I said, okay, that's understandable. I think, I think most people would know that, but here in this country, it just seems that people are just brainwashed to believe everything that's being said. There's no fact checking, no nothing. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when you're trying to speak another language out in public, you get so much pushback, Mm -hmm. especially if it's Arabic or Spanish. Oh, well, well, first of all, it's the United States of America. We're mm-hmm. multicultural. There's not one race. There's not one language. We don't even have an official language. Right. So why can't we speak out in public? So you're not able to understand. Well, you can learn. Right. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. But you can't sit there and say to me, I can't speak this. You're... <coughs> Pushing your own views and values onto me. Right. And you have and, all these opportunities. So why right. not use them? Like, come on. Learn the languages. Understand other people. Like, understand other people as far as, like, culture goes. Understand that not everybody's you. Right. And and also, I've noticed, too, if you have a disability, mm-hmm. it's even worse. Yeah. Um, because I'm visually impaired, so I've been legally blind all my life, and I've been a large print reader up until I was about 29 years old. I'm going to 43 now. And so my readable vision isn't as good as it used to be. So I've also used a lot of audio material. Mm-hmm. And I found that when you're using technology, you're using dictation, it doesn't always want to work correctly. And before I upgraded my phone, my posts would look really confusing to some people. And they thought that I wasn't educated because my posts were messed up, you know. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, technology has come a long way since five years ago. 
I've gotten a better phone. Siri's they've worked on Siri and dictation and being able to understand people and their voice and how they speak and so forth, which has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I turn around and someone said, well, I can now understand what you're saying. And someone said, well, I've always been able to understand what she's saying, even if it was, you know, a little discombobulating right. because it's a technical issue. It's not her fault, but there's a lot of white language pushing. Like, they think that because you're black or you're of color, you should be speaking like they speak. And what people fail to realize is, who are they? Right. Who are they? Because there are white people out there in this country that don't speak the same. No one does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's how language and dialect works. You live in one place, you're going to speak different than the people who live all the way across the country or on the other side of the world as you. Right. It's just natural. It's what's right. supposed to happen because that's what does happen. Right. But I think their problem is, as a, as, as a society, is that they're looking at it from an academic point of view. Yeah. Which is ultimately racist because, um, typically, because it is kind of like this. Okay. I made a, I made this, uh, Reddit post talking about because somebody asked, about how people like why is there why is it that media focuses more on um when it comes to diversity they focus more on having more black people than any other person of color ultimately it was really small percentage still in comparison to the um to the white representation which we can see that every day so right. what I was explaining to them was that, like, racism isn't black and white like people try to make it seem like it is. It isn't just one thing. It's that, you know, like, there is a huge elitist um, elitist xenophobic background to it that helps disguise it, helps disguise racism in a way. And really is, like, in my opinion, somewhat of the foundation from the education that I do have on, you know, just the whole history of how we got to this point. Right. Um, and it reminded me of the movie Knives Out. I went to go see it. And one of the things that was huge, and I imagine, you know, if anybody's listening and they want to see Knives Out, they should have done it already. So I'm just going to go with it. Um, it's that um, the family, it's a, it's a white family and the people in the person that they eventually like kind of um, they got upset with because she inherited all of the person she was uh, okay I should have done better telling this but uh, basically this brown woman she's we don't know actually where she's from but she's Hispanic and her mother's undocumented and right. she is a nurse she's a caregiver for this man um, and he is incredibly wealthy his family finds out once he dies that they're not inheriting anything at all they've all been written out of his will and she gets everything and while in the beginning, like, it's so important to understand that, oh, some people are really supportive of her, supportive of her and how they are just like, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're different from everybody else that looked like you. And then as soon as she gets the money, where, what is this coming from? Where, where, where is this stemming from? It's because you're not like me. I'm like me. I, all of us, this is where we are. This right. is, um, this is our, our point of view of you was okay when you were the help. Like, you were fine when you were the help, in quotes, of course, but now it's, 
oh no, now you have my money. So now what are you? You're trash to me. What are you? You're, you're, you're less than suddenly because when you were basically in a career and quotes around all of this in a career where you're less than suddenly you, you become part of the elite. There's an issue with you. There's an issue because suddenly you're on our level now. And I see that I see that a lot in the language learning community. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I've interviewed a lot of people, and I can tell, you know, people at like today's fame is like a big deal. Okay, so you're on YouTube. Whoop de doo. Right. Okay, do you know how many people were on YouTube and had millions of people following them, and they said mm-hmm. one thing, one thing. Mm-hmm. And they lost it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like this. Okay, you're not Leonardo DiCaprio. You're not President Obama. Mm-hmm. You're not. So, to me, Internet fame, it doesn't, it, it, it's kind of fleeting. You're here one minute, you're going the next. Right. You know? And that's why you have to work so hard to maintain it, and it gets so fake. And so irritating really fast. Well, you know, I have a YouTube channel, but I hardly mm-hmm. ever go on it. I mean, I probably watch more people's content than make my own mm-hmm. in that regard. And plus, because of my me having retinopathy of prematurity, which is my eye condition, um, the lights from the camera is very bright. And so it hurts my eyes, and it makes my eyes water constantly. So... Mm-hmm. I don't really like showing my face that much. That's why I created a podcast, because I don't have to do that. Okay. So, for me, um, as someone that's learning languages and I learn by ear, um, it's one of those things where I see a lot of these people who, they might have a disability, like ADHD or adult autism or Asperger's, and you're sitting here and you're hearing them complain about how, you know, their language learning processes. And I said, okay, you can still read print. Mm-hmm. It's not, you, you don't, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's a language. Right. Okay. Unless you're doing it because you're getting paid by the government or, you're working for the city or a hospital or something, and you're, you know, stressing yeah. over mm-hmm. why you didn't get this grammar tense and why you didn't do. To me, it's it's. I mean, and they make it sound like it's life or death. They do, and they do talk a lot about like basically trying to put down people's ideas of C two. That makes it sound like. I think it's a whack thing to do. I mean, it's not always the best thing to do, but people do kind of look down on how people learn, what people learn, um, and they don't consider every aspect of it. Like, you can't always do the things that you can do, whether it's because of your abilities or not. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what you can or cannot do. You do what you do. Right. You know? And it's not like that, like, people kind of treat it like there's this hierarchy of what needs to happen, just the learning itself, right. and then the social standing of the people learning. And it just, I don't know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. 
and people don't consider everybody that's a part of it. And I don't know, it feels like some people are being erased when it does come to not just like social media, when it comes to like putting yourself out there, it's also just in general. It's like the silent people don't exist. It's like the people who can't learn the way you do don't exist. And they don't like resources aren't created equal. Um, for specific reasons, I understand. Other ones, it, it, it there's no point. I have, I have a, I have a theory on that. It's mm-hmm. okay. First of all, if you're making anything that's educational, it has to be accessible 100% across the board. It can't right. just be because it looks pretty like drops, for instance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like the app. Guess what? I can't use it. It's right. not accessible with my screen reader. And then someone said, well, they didn't make it to people that were blind and visually impaired. And I said, if you're making an app, it better be for everybody or they're getting sued. Right. And it's, it's it's not like a, like a skin product or something. Like my sister makes skin products and you say that it's for sensitive skin. You say that you, you don't disclose that. So you can, for the most part, make your conclusions, but it's not the same thing where it's something that you can necessarily touch. It's something that is made basically for accessibility that's why you're learning the language right because when you're learning the language you're you're unlocking all of these areas of the world that you don't have access to if you don't have um if you don't have some sort of idea of the language or the culture and when you don't make it as accessible as you possibly can you're limiting people right and that's not fair this is not fair well you know it's funny because i interviewed uh, a few people and I asked them I said okay so what level are you really on in regards to your prof- language proficiency because people mm-hmm. sit there on fluent no 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 no. fluent means the flow in which you're able to converse in the language it has right. nothing to do with the amount of knowledge that you know and right. they get it wrong every time but then they put a video up Mm-hmm. They put a video up, and well, <laughs> they contradict themselves mm. a lot. And oh, okay. well, you can't learn three languages at one time. But then a year and a half later, yes, you can. Right. I hate that. Actually, I I don't. I'm I'm all for people learning like thirty languages at the same time. That's that's your time, not mine. Right. Good for you. But. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, to me, it's being hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Then, I, I, I'm someone that's very honest. And I don't have a problem saying exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. But when you are a woman of color, they think you're supposed to stay in your place. Right. And not say, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but. Right, but like they, you have to be ultimately, like, like, everything that you get is is basically like a kindness and you just have to take it and be incredibly grateful. But it's like, no, like integrity exists. Like I gotta be honest, man. It just has to happen. It's who I am. Then I'm going to do that. And and then when you talk about the economics of going to some of these conferences Mm -hmm. and I said, well, not everybody can afford to go to a conference. Some people, some people live off a disability. Some people are low income like me. Some people don't have that kind of money to to go. Right. But you want them to buy your products and you want them to support your channel and they, you're 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 
pages and and I just have come to understand that my goal for 2020 was to stop follow well I wouldn't say stop following so many people but focus mm-hmm. on what it was that I was trying to do for my own branding yeah. as opposed to I mean I don't mind watching my good friend Ollie Richards or Luca Lampriello or Moses but at the same time too I have my own shows that I'm doing I have my own things that I'm doing and you know my life is my life outside of the internet and social media Right. And I don't, I mean, I've had people say, well, you can study languages because you don't have, you don't work. And I said, well, you don't know what else I do with my life after I get off the internet. Right. So, I mean, and the, it is sad because it's almost like you feel like people are treating you as you're beneath them. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, well, I have more sight than you. Well, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. You, wherever you go to school, whether it's Harvard, Oxford, whether it's Kent State University or Ohio State, it doesn't matter. It's a name. You're right. getting an education at the end of the day. I mean, but I, I have seen this elitist side of, and I've come out and said it about a few people. And I don't have a problem saying it either. And I blocked them because they were just mm-hmm. very rude. Um, disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I took it upon myself to say, well, and it was like, oh, well, people call me elitist. Well, you have to. No one cares that you went to Harvard and such and such and such and such. No one cares right. that you live in a high rise in this. No one cares. What are you doing to impact the community in a positive way without turning your nose up at everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, and, and I mean, there are people that have said that they wanted to leave the language learning community altogether because they just felt like now it's become corporate. I don't disagree with that. Lately, what I've been thinking about is, well, I personally don't like how much a lot of these people's programs cost. I generally don't support it because then they do Black Friday sales and those sales are like 70 percent off. But it's like, OK, so you're saying your product is. $300 regular price, it's worth that much, but you're doing 70% off. I understand it is Black Friday, but to me personally, it comes across as, okay, this is how much you're telling me your product is actually worth. Sometimes they do more than 70% off. I've seen such high percentages off that it's, or, or such high discounts that I, it's not that I think that they're, that it's worth like $2 that they're trying to sell it for. I think that it's, like, definitely not worth the 300 that you're trying to say it is. And I get these emails all the time. I get them right. every year. So right. every year when I see them, I'm thinking, yeah, um, this isn't the kind of capitalism I kind of sort of support. And I, I've thought about it. I've broken it down. It's just like, okay, you can try to use, oh, you have a family. Oh, you have to pay for these things. You have to live. You have to survive. But one program isn't supposed to pay for you to survive it's the entire business that's supposed to help you survive and to help your business survive at least that's just how I understand business to be right Um, and that's not to say like their commission's actually really high off of each program they sell I don't know that because they don't disclose that information um which is fine for them I appreciate complete business transparency 
um, for small businesses that I just, I just enjoy those kinds of things. Um, and it tells me that your product's worth it because you're telling me where you're putting your money and that you really believe in this in like by financially backing it as well. And it's not that your time isn't valuable. It's just that when you put a price tag on something and I don't get to see any of the behind the scenes work, I don't have any clue how long it took you to put this together, what you had to do to get it to happen, who you hired. I know none of this information. It looks like you're just doing it because you want the money. And I don't try to actually believe people are like that. I generally don't look at the person and say, yeah, they are all about the money, but it just feels like that's what's happening. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because Ollie Richards from IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com, which I happened to interview over a year and a half ago, he, this is what he does. He'll, uh, if you are cool with him and you explain the situation, he'll let you do a payment plan. Okay. Now, he has done certain ones on payment plans. Like, he'll put it out for the first week, and then the next week, he'll do a payment plan. So, if you have the money, like, $118, he'll he'll let you do three payments of that, you know, once per month until it's all paid off. And, okay, that's fine. That, that And that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But, I guess because I use a lot of free resources, and I, I've partnered up with certain certain um companies mm-hmm. because i've used their stuff and i you know i mean it took me almost a year a little over a year to, to be able to work with the michelle thomas method and do some marketing and advertising for them and then you know because i have i, I bought some of their courses used on mm-hmm. amazon a few years back so because mm-hmm. i bought their russian their arabic their french dutch italian and Japanese. So, because I bought those courses, you know, I reviewed a few of them already. I'm not done yet. And, you know, I have a a, a deal with them, and I'm also going to be working with uh, Innovative Language Learning, the Pod 101 series, um, as well. And I've been I've been using their stuff for like six years, but I always tell people you know you can use this this is you know it's it's affordable blah 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 and then there's other places where you can get free you can do mango for free you can do transparent language for free with a library subscription you can go to colloquial languages and download the audio for free and learn the language that way um you know there's so many ways the library you know because i'm going to be honest i can tell you Okay, you can go to this place, you can do this, 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 and this, yet I know for me, I don't have that kind of money to spend $300 on something that I already know how to do myself. Right, right, and I think that's one of the issues that I have, because it's like, there there, there are other ways to learn the language, like, your method isn't necessarily the only way to do it, and honestly you're just making me someone who can't afford it not want to do it but it's not necessarily your goal I understand um obviously I'm not talking about you the individual I'm talking about just like the general you um it's it's not necessarily your goal to 
to um, appeal to everyone. And I try to tell that to my sister because, like I said, she has like a skincare line and stuff like that. And the it's it's natural, it's organic, and that those prices are going to raise. Um, So not everything is made for everybody's income. I get that. I respect that. It's just that I feel like there are there need to be boundaries. Um, unless you're going to be transparent with me. Uh, I, I, I said before that I love transparency. And when you can be transparent, I know that whatever I'm doing is worth it. And I know that it's going toward someone who needs it, like whether it's just a paycheck or if it's toward ultimately making my money even more worth it because you're putting more, you're backing um, the product with more money and you can expand it beyond what I already have. If I can see the potential um, in a way where you're being upfront with me, with your goals, I know that this is something that no matter what I make is I'm willing to support you as best I can. Even if it's, you know, just some, uh, even if it's just me like watching videos or something like that, if I can support you, I will. I will do my best. Um, And I'm not going to. I'm not going to think, you know what, maybe I should step away from this content. Maybe I should step away from this creator just a little bit, just because um, this guaranteed, in quotes, um, this guaranteed method, like this, uh, this guaranteed, the guaranteed results, uh, it just, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, And I mean, like, I've already said part of why, but I'm sure there's more to it that I just don't know yet. It's right. it's not I don't think I like that people try to guarantee results when their products don't necessarily incorporate every single skill as effectively as possible. Right. I think guaranteeing effectiveness rather than results makes more sense because I feel like you're saying that there's nothing wrong with my product. It's just you. And that just that takes away everything for me that take not takes away everything for me I mean like it it takes the you out of it so then I know that I need to do better you know so then my my issue if I stumble across anything with the program isn't with your program it's with how this method isn't working for me and if I'm paying a lot of money I want the method to work for me right so if it's not working for me and I'm paying this I'm going to blame you and I just know some some consumers do think that way. I generally don't, and right. because I don't I don't buy anything, I don't do anything, so I don't think about that. But um, I guess it's like if you created a platform for learning and you want me to pay for it, but it's like how Duolingo is now with the hearts and everything, which I didn't have that update until like November. And if it's like that, it's like this isn't helping me. All you're doing is keeping me from wanting to learn the language. Why would I, I want to pay for that? I, didn't like it. <laughs> I tried Duolingo or Russian. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't like it. I I understand that. With the hearts update, it just it just doesn't make me want to do anything with it. But I do it just so I can say I've done something for the day. You it's know what's so funny? You know what's so funny? I tell people all the time. I live within my languages. So basically what that means is that if I'm going out to a restaurant, it's a Japanese restaurant, I'm going to learn the terminology so I can have a conversation with you and I can order me some food. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and people think, oh, you know, we want to know how do I learn so quickly? 
like I'll I'll do a whole entire foundation course of of uh, Michelle Thomas language in one day, mm-hmm. and you know I take breaks in between, but yes, I get it done and then I throw a video up, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll match it with like Mango, and right. see how much I can re- I have retained, and then I keep going that way, and then I if there's stuff that I want to look up that I want to know how to say that I didn't learn or whatever. I do it that way. But a lot of times, everything I do is free. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the tricked out part, what people fail to realize, is there's no formula to my madness, because everyone wants to know how I do it. And I said, well, I, I sit and I listen. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of it's me listening. I mean, and, and this whole, well, you need to be able to write. And I'm like, okay, guess what? What is the language for? Communication. Verbal communication. People aren't taking out their phones and looking up a phrase when they get in a restaurant. You either be are going to be able to order food in that language or you're not. Right. And so if I travel to a country, I'm going to want to know the laws and the culture and the rules and regulations for my safety. Mm Because I'm a foreigner in this country and I have no idea, you know, how things operate. But people go and they travel. And they don't think about those things. <laughs> they don't. And, and that's it's dangerous given how the world is right now. It's extremely yeah. dangerous. You know, I mean, I know people travel all over the place, but at the end of the day, you still need to have some sense about it and be smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's almost like uh, I knew someone, they went to L.A., and I used to live in L.A., so I said, well, you want to go here and you want to go here. And I was thinking of inexpensive places because they've never been to L.A. And then someone said, well, you want to go to the Beverly Hills Hotel? Why? <laughs> okay, that's expensive as hell. How much money is this person out for you? <laughs> you know, you got to look at it in that way. And, right. and so they're like, well, I'm going to take the advice. You're going to take the advice of another foreigner that doesn't doesn't have citizenship in this country, but you're not going to take advice from an American citizen that's been there. Right. That makes no sense. <laughs> but because they were friends, that's why he did it. And I said, you know what? You stupid. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, to me, I mean, I, 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 I do a lot of watching people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, sometimes I have to tune out of Twitter or tune out of social media. Right. Because it's almost like people are beating themselves up because Mm -hmm. they're not at this particular level. And I said, do you understand that at the end of the day, people want to know what you want Mm -hmm. from them? In whatever given language, in whatever situation you're in, whether you're a restaurant, hospital, court, place, school, this is what they want to know. They don't have time for you to look up anything. So the reality of using your language and the fantasy of using your language are two different things. You can have, you know, a language breakdown at your house, but when you get out right. in the world, you can't freak out, dude, because people will be like, what, what's wrong with you? Right, and then you tell them what's wrong, and it's just like, okay, yeah, uh, no, doesn't make sense. Whatever right. it is, you don't have I mean, time to be bugging out over superficial things. 
Right, and I feel that a lot of these young people, that's what they're doing, or they're trying to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. How many languages can I learn in one? Okay, can I become fluent in a month? Now, I've seen so many YouTube videos off of that. <laughs> I said, well, I don't think you're fluent. You're probably A2 or mm-hmm. about to reach A2. Now, I mean, I have done challenges with myself just for me, not anybody. I'm not telling you you have to do this. But I actually learned basic A1 Hindi in six days. Mm -hmm. Use manga. It was basic Hindi, so it was A1 level. And I Mm -hmm. did it. I was was motivated, right? Right. To do it. Because I was so excited about it. So I just got through the first three chapters in like one day. And then I, I, I kept going with it. And mm-hmm. so after that, I did like two chapters a day. And I, I finished the whole thing in six days. But that doesn't mean that I remember everything I learned. Right. It just means, I mean, like, I know how to say hello, but maybe a few other things, not necessarily. Right. I get that. I get that. Now, I was proud of myself. I did do A1 Cantonese in six weeks. And I was able to get my address, telephone number, and order food in Cantonese. But I was excited about it. I mean, like, I tried Mandarin really, but I'm not a Mandarin person. Mm -hmm. But they were so excited over the phone. And this is what I tell people. Go get on the phone. Order you some food in Mandarin. Practice. (laughs) Do you got to do. You know, okay, well, I need to maintain this. Well, I can maintain something by listening to a podcast for, like, nine minutes. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to um, be so immersed to the point where, I mean, it wasn't like Russian, because Russian's my big love. And it, I spent 5,544 hours total on Russian. And... I mean, because I ate and slept and breathed it. Now, mm-hmm. is my grammar great? No. <laughs> Can I speak to a high level? Yes. Can I understand mm-hmm. President Putin's addresses? Yes. Because I used him as a model mm-hmm. for somebody. You know, I chose somebody. And I just kept speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. And that was my whole goal. Like I tell people, I don't know how to write in Russian. Right. And that's not my goal. My goal is to verbally communicate with you. Right. And one thing I thought about multiple times, and I forgot who I wanted to tell it to. There was some, there was someone I just wanted to, like, say that, like, language is spoken. Language is listening. That's the foundation of what it is. That's what it's always been. Because if you think about how not every single language that's ever been, it, they don't all have a writing system. Right. And so many have adapted a Latinized alphabet or just a Latin outfit, whatever you want to call it, it's because of that. It's like not necessary. Like everything doesn't have one. And they're trying to revitalize languages because, you know, groups of people slowly die. They don't necessarily bring their culture everywhere they go and their, their culture dies out. So Mm -hmm. they, so you have to go actively go and try to revitalize it. I love the idea of revitalizing indigenous languages of the Americas, I told my sister that if there was one thing that I could absolutely do um, for the rest of my life and live, like, reasonably, I would do that. 
that's what I would pick because it's something that doesn't require a whole, well, it does require a lot, but it's something that requires stuff that I love and it's stuff that I wouldn't mind doing for days on end. And because of that, like, I, I do know what, what is a part of that though? And I do know that with that, I will be doing one of the greatest things. I will be learning a language without a writing system. I will be giving it a writing system with that. But at the same time, the most important thing is that by learning it, I will be able to continue that culture. I will be like in a way a representative, like, like a, I guess like a three steps removed representative of it. Uh, and it's okay to not focus on the writing of a language. It's okay to not be able to read it because people can't read or write, but they can talk. A lot of people can like, a lot of people and that's just how it works i can't use definitive language with it because not everybody can speak not everybody can read not everybody can hear for every reason in the world so because of that i can't use definitive language and say that everybody can right so for some people reading and reading and writing or just really reading is the only way of understanding a language right but for many other people as well, they can hear it. They can speak it. Um, doesn't mean that they have to be able to look at it because ultimately being no. able to communicate verbally is the foundation of a language. And right. that's what connects us. It's not the writing. And that's why people hate the Internet so much when you think about it, because when you read, you read most of what's on the Internet. Right. You don't have the ability to understand how it's supposed to be said. Unless it's based on punctu- punctuation or emojis or something like that. So it's different. But even then, that's those are specific ways to tell you how it's supposed to be heard. Right. And how you hear it determines how you interpret it. How you read it is left to uh, people to draw their own conclusions. And right. that causes conflict all of the time. It's happened right. to me. It's happened to, like, every other person who's had to go through it. And... It's just what it is. Like, what you hear is way more important than what you read and write. And I think there should actually be a lot more emphasis of it. And for me, I can't really understand spoken languages. It's kind of hard. I don't focus on it enough. I'm really into using books. It's one of my favorite things to do. I just love books overall. But working in a workbook. Reading's great. I need to read more. But, um, like, being able to work in a workbook like, I have an Italian one right on my desk right now, mm-hmm. and being able to do that is one of my favorite things when I actually get the motivation to do it, of course. Right. But I prefer that over using an app, over watching movies half the time. Even though I adore watching movies, it's just something that I do passively, though. In right. English, in any language, for the most part, it's background noise, noise for me. Right. And being able to read and write it is just what I enjoy to do the, mo- the most. Right. And what you enjoy should be the focus when it comes to you discussing your languages. Right. What you do, what you enjoy doing, what you can do, that's what matters the most for you, the individual, and that's what you highlight. But when it right. comes to, be, like, the community, I do think – sorry, my chair. Um, when it comes to the community, I do think that we should overall stress the importance of being able to understand the language even more than speaking it. I do understand that people have a hard time speaking the language, but I rarely ever see something for me who has a hard, as someone who has a hard time understanding spoken right. language, it, it stresses me out a little bit. 
Um, and I've never been in a position where I can actually converse with someone like they're talking to me in Spanish, for instance, because that's a lot more accessible for me than Italian is. Right. Um, I, I because I don't have that. Like I, I'm not looking for it, and I can't necessarily pinpoint everything that I would like to pinpoint. Right. Um, so when people are over here, like, how do you get over your fear of speaking? Which I understand. I do understand that is like a little bit more of an anxiety thing, which I, I am anxious because, all the time. So that affects yeah, me. Yeah, I've given people lots of advice on that. I said, well, mm-hmm. in order to get over anything and any type of fear, you just have to put your, you just have to dive in. It's right. scary, but you're just going to have to do it. Even if that means you do a little recording of yourself mm-hmm. speaking hey once you do it you'll be like oh well that wasn't so bad maybe i can do it again right it, right i mean because if you if you all you do is talk about doing it and there's no action put put forth then all it is is talk it is you know and, and i see a lot of that too and people are like you know how do you do this and i'm like dude i'm not some <laughs> i'm not a wizard right but it's you just, know what it's just I'm me highly, i'm highly motivated Right. And that's, that, that is the key. Now, there are days when I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I even have conversations with myself in the target language. I'll pretend that somebody is in the room with me, and I'll have a conversation. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting here, and I'm practicing the language. It helps out loud. It does. You can hear if you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. If yeah, I do all, Spanish sometimes. If, if you're kind only of. doing that, because you're wanting to pass a test or you want a certification. Well, first of all, let me tell you, passing a test, that's great, but you're not going to retain anything. You're just going to do it for a, te- for, for a mark. Right. It's just like school. It's right. short-term memory. You're doing it for what you have to do, not because you want to. And right. because you don't want to, it just ultimately affects your memory. I tried to tell that to someone who I had to help with my Spanish class because I'm in college. I'm taking a Spanish course. And... Mm-hmm. Um, last semester, my first Spanish course, someone was in it. She lost all motivation to learn it because she did it for a reason that no longer um, was relevant to her. Right. And I was trying to tell her, like, if you don't want to do it, it's not going to work. And I mean, like, it basically stayed that way that she didn't really want to do it, which I completely respect. She just wanted to get through the class. So you trying to get through the class, it can be reasonable uh, motivation um, depending on your intentions, if your right. intent is solely to pass a class, um, it, it's better for it to be a class that is required, not something that is um, by choice. So if you want a certification, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe right. you should, that should just be like a like a short term goal. But your long term goal is to learn the language because you want to. Wanting right. to do something changes the outcome and right. it keeps you motivated. For the most part, like I took months off of Italian, but mm-hmm. over winter break, because I'm, ba- I'm about to go back to school on Thursday. Right. So I've been focusing on Italian, though, all throughout the semester. I was barely doing any Italian stuff. I was only doing uh, Duolingo occasionally right? Um, until basically the end of the semester after my test, really. And that's when I was like, OK, I'm going to get out of this. Uh, I'm going to get out of the. Silver League on Duolingo. Okay, I'm going to get to the Gold League. Okay, I'm going to get to the Sapphire League. And that's just, that's what I 
um, started focusing on it. I got a lot more motivation, not, not because of that, but because I was not just because I was free, but because I was able to connect with the culture more and because I was able to connect with the culture, but beyond the culture, actually, I was able to connect to the language itself more. The language right. became my motivation. So now yeah. I am learning the languages more because of the language themselves, the languages right. themselves versus the culture, which I had a hard time doing over the summer because last summer I got really disconnected from both of the countries that I was like really, I felt like I was really involved. Well, not even both because I've added Hawaiian to mm-hmm. my list of my short list of languages that I'm learning. Uh, so it's just Italian, Spanish and Hawaiian right now. And Hawaii is a little bit different. I've never been to Hawaii. I still want to be to go to Hawaii. I haven't been to a Pacific. I haven't been outside of the U.S. more than once in my life. That's just a better way of summarizing. I've been that. to Canada and I was um, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But even then I went to Niagara Falls. So over there is Michigan and over there is New York. And where I am is Canada. It's like, what's the point? What's the point? (laughs) But it's like when you it's something that I didn't realize until Mm -hmm. after last semester that Mm -hmm. I was so detached from mostly Italian because I didn't feel connected to the culture because I depended on the culture too much. While when I studied Tagalog, it was hard to get into it because it just wasn't Hawaiian, which is what I really wanted to learn. And also, I don't know enough about Filipino culture to connect with it. Um, So. I just eventually stopped and I'm like, okay, I'll do that when I feel like doing that again. And now I'm getting to a point where I can appreciate the language and find motivation within the language itself instead of the culture. Because even though I do think culture is an an incredibly important connection to have, the language itself is what you're learning. Focus on that. If that's not motivating you, is it necessarily all you should be doing? Find something you can find the motivation in in itself. Because if you can't, it's just going to be really hard. It just makes everything harder. You know, it's funny you say that because I was going to tell you that uh, Mango Languages has a Hawaiian course. Yes, that's how I'm learning it. I love it. I've been getting it. Have you looked at at Pim's Lab? Um, They had Hawaiian. No, I have everything else. My language, (laughs) they do. They do. They have it. The only thing about this that annoys the hell out of me is that you can't skip around. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I can handle that. I have a hard time not skipping through things. It's, I don't know. I get sick of repetition really fast. I barely watch anything again. If I watch something again, it's because I really love it. There's only one show out of, like, the, the hundreds that I watch a year that I've watched over and over again. And I could tell you why. Because... I love it that much, and right. that's all there is. So it's like if I can't handle the repetition in any other capacity, I don't know if I can handle pencil. I tried it once or twice, I think. Uh, I got I it from did, my library. I tried it at the library, and I can tell you I went through Michelle Thomas a lot, and I tell people this all the time, given the fact that I'm, I'm working with them right now, mm-hmm. um, that I use that first, then I'll do mm-hmm. Mango, then I'll go to the pod one-on-one, then I'll go mm-hmm. online, like to YouTube or mm-hmm. whatever, and find. And then I'll go to you, tune in, and I'll find me radio stations and podcasts and all that, and download it for free, and listen to it constantly, depending on what topic I want to talk about. Right. So, right now I'm working on a cookbook. Awesome. And so I'm learning how to cook Middle Eastern food, 
And I can't wait because I get to interview um, for my other podcast show that I just started three weeks ago called Cooking with Chanel, The Visually Impaired Way on Anchor. And um, so I'm going to be giving my recipes and tips about how I cook as someone that has limited vision. And I'm going to be interviewing people who like to cook as well. And so my first guest is going to be um, Blanche from Blanche in the, um, of the Middle East. Um, YouTube channel and so I'm going to be interviewing her next month and I'm really excited about it because I love to cook Mm -hmm. and my big thing is when I'm learning something I want to be able to cook some food from that country yeah so right now that's what I'm focusing on I mean I'm Mm -hmm. I'm still learning the language and I'm learning like bits and pieces of vocabulary and stuff having to do with the different food and all that mm-hmm. and it's just like i learned how to make majedra mm-hmm. oh which is it's like it's onions it's rice with lentils okay. and it has um coriander cumin turmeric in it and then i learned how to make this butter garlic rice and it had a lot of garlic a lot of onion butter uh rice i put some lentils in mine and and it you know oh my god (laughs) and then i put like three cups of vegetable stock and two cups of chicken stock i think and then uh, two cups of water and you cook it you cook the lentils beforehand and then you cook the rest of it and i i mean oh my god it is so good Mm-hmm. And when you make magetara, it it's it's just as good. Like I I'll put carrots in mine too, maybe some tomatoes as well. It's a vegetarian okay. dish, but okay. it, to, you know the the fact that I can remember these words in Arabic and, and so forth and so That's I'm able to connect more right. with, the, with the language because of the different things I like to do. And mm-hmm. I said if you actually if you actually try this method. Of where if you're learning your household items and you're using this stuff every day, you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. That should be some, you know. But evidently, if you're going out in the real world and you're talking to people, you're going to need to know about currency, asking for directions, Definitely. you know, stuff like that, transportation stuff, right. food, stuff that you would buy in a store, things of that nature. But if you're just having a regular conversation about fam, it okay, you can do be one and be happy. Mm-hmm. But the whole I need to be native. I need to be C1. Well, wait a minute. So you want to work in the language. Okay, not go to school, not B1, B2, but work inside the language. Work with the language as, the, as if the language was your native tongue. Guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen overnight. These right. people think that it's supposed to happen in six months. Oh, you can be fluent in six months. No, you're lying. Yeah. Because anybody that has a brain and some common sense would know it takes it took you your whole life to get to, to this something. point. <laughs> if it took you your whole life to get to the point where you are in your native language, it's it's not necessarily going to take you that long with the intent to learn, but you have a lot more obstacles than you being a child having well, to learn. 
through right. all of the various ways of learning. You're not in school anymore, right? So right. you don't have that opportunity to expand your vocab through vocab quizzes and stuff like that. Oh, this is your vocab list for the week. You don't have that anymore. So you have to do it. So and a lot, of, it, a lot of it's exposure. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. A lot of it's exposure, whether you're at home or you're with friends or relatives or whatever. Right. Which is a why I don't it, remember anything I learned in elementary school as well. Right. <laughs> and, and a lot of it's what you read, what your interests are. Right. You know, I mean, let's be honest, we might use two to 3,000 words a day, if that, mm-hmm. or more, depending if it's our native tongue. Now, mind you, we don't have an official language, so English is the language. Yet, mm-hmm. I can speak in Russian about politics and so forth. But the reason why I can speak about politics and the news and all that is because I went and took the time to to learn that vocabulary, right. to watch the news. To do, I mean, I literally would watch from 6 a.m. to midnight. Nothing but Russian. <laughs> Seven days a week for a whole year, that. and it worked for me. Now mm-hmm. I'm not saying to my listeners you need to go out and do this, but if you want to try, go ahead. Let me know what you think. But at the end of the day, what works for me might not work for you, and I definitely understand that. But I'm also saying to my listeners, I'm doing this from someone that has limited readable vision, mm-hmm. so. I'm not going to write things down constantly. I don't read with my eye. I can't really do that anymore. Um, Yes, I watch TV. I have audio description, you know, for my movies. I see the bigger picture, not the smaller picture. So, you know, I look at it like when I'm learning something, if if I learn, like, Greek for three weeks, which I did Mm -hmm. over the summer, just for shits and giggles. Well, did I remembered a little bit. <laughs> I not to say I remembered everything that I did. I, I, I got through one level, I think. Okay. One level on Mango. And then I got through one level of 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 Icelandic. I can pick up pretty well. Um and I liked it. Um Finish, I need to go back and do because I bought a whole bunch of Harry Potter ebooks and finish. <laughs> so I have to listen to that. But I really enjoy the language. But I did it because, I mean, and this was a crazy reason why to do it. Mainly because people kept saying how hard it was. Oh, and I wanted, yeah. to, I I wanted to prove like these people actually. wrong how this isn't difficult. Because <laughs> when people tell you that, oh, well, that's hard. Well, wait a minute. Have you tried it to see if it was going to be difficult? Or are you just right. saying that because everybody else said it? And see, mm-hmm. I can't go off of that, and it just infuriates me to no end to read the stuff that's on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> I literally had to leave groups because I was so irritated by you couldn't introduce a new way of learning the language, whether it's through food. Like, I like using recipes because you're actually using the real language. And if you didn't clarify in your post, like, why this was up here for, people would bitch and complain to the admins 
Then they would take it down. Then when you would try to uh, defend your what you posted, then your video gets taken down. I've had that happen. I love it. And there are a lot of people that are on Twitter that are in some of these groups because they said they can't deal with the the discrimination that goes on. Now, mind you, everyone says that they're learning languages. Well, if you're learning languages, didn't you learn how to be tolerant of everybody? Oh, my gosh. That's a huge pet peeve of mine, I think. It just, I mean, like, I haven't seen it a lot. But I know it exists because, for the most part, if you can think of something, it, it pretty much already exists, especially when it comes to behavioral aspects of people. So um, you, if you know that there are people intolerant of minorities, you know that they're going to exist in just about every community there is. So when it comes to the language learning community, it's wild to think that there there definitely have to be, there are people who are intolerant of minorities who look down on minorities even though when you think about the grand scheme of the world what are minorities in america or uh any other european well we're not a european country i know that okay but like any other country that is considered predominantly white for whatever reason right everybody else like when you compare it to that that's, those are some small numbers in comparison to the whole world because let's think about how there are entire continents of people of color. Right. Okay. So, I mean, like, no matter what you try to do, you're you're outnumbered. So your superiority isn't – it makes no sense. It doesn't have any real standing. Um, and it's just hard to think that they, they do exist. And plus – and plus, okay. Uh, plus, when it comes to languages, to be intolerant of – minorities of people in color of color you are contradicting yourself completely like you're 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 a complete hypocrite like how can you do that like you're, you're like okay i love languages language diversity it's great but then when it comes to people the people who would speak these languages the people who natively speak this, these languages the people who have learned these languages somehow there's something wrong with them now but it's okay that you want to speak these languages their languages Oh, okay. This makes sense. It it totally it totally makes sense that you can do this. Okay, it it, it frustrates me. And then you have like any other way of like any other kind of demographic of minorities because it's such a broad term, truly. Right. Um, and it, it the this this kind of the discrimination just doesn't make sense because you're going completely against what you're saying you stand for by being a language learner. It it's not fair to anyone else who considers themselves a language learner right. because you are basically against the entire community because what our goal is as learners is to diversify our own lives is right. to incorporate other people's cultures for ourselves in right. a way that for the most part is respectful so you can't be disrespectful to someone because of their abilities because of the color of their skin for any reason at all because oh, there's so much, but there's so much sexism. There's so much. Oh yes, definitely. And and I and there's a lot of of, of people who don't like people that are disabled. Mm-hmm. In in the community, and I and okay, I'm using myself as the main catalyst because I've had to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very much a very outspoken person, so I don't hold back 
about how I feel about racism. Okay, first of all, if you're not black or Asian or from the Middle East or Latina, you know, a person of color. Mm-hmm. Okay, guess what? You have no idea what we have to go through. Right. At the end of the day, it don't matter if you're Swede. It don't matter if you're French. It don't matter if you're British. You're still white. Right. Now, there are black people in these countries. I'm not saying they're not. But right. when you look at it as a whole, they're still white. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. And like I told someone, I said the Russians were the first group of people in the language learning community to welcome me into their community. Then the people from the Middle East and the people from Asia. And right now, I am two countries away from having 100 countries out of 195 for this show. And I haven't mm-hmm. even been on the air for two years. Now, mind you, I just reached 11K. So for me, I'm, you know, that that probably means more to me that I'm reaching more people than how many mm-hmm. listeners I actually got. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, no, I'm not getting paid for any of this and, you know, none of that. You know, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I want to help people. Right. You know, and I think a lot of it is, you know, you start, everything is about a price tag. You know, okay, you want to mentor somebody? Mentoring isn't something you pay for. Right. And this is what they don't get. Everything has to be a dollar sign. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Or if you say something, they're offended. Okay, well, wait a minute. What are you offended by? You can't even tell me what you're offended by. So you're just speaking words out of your mouth without having any thoughts of what you just said. You can't even back up what you just told me because you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So when I hold someone accountable for their words, they get upset. And I'm like, dude, I'm from Generation X. We came out and said exactly what we feel. Mm-hmm. You know, people were nice to us. We, you know, we had to work for what we have. And a lot of it is I want a handout. I don't want to work for this. I want this to come easy. Can this happen in a month? No. You can probably get through if you if you know how to do shortcuts, like pick out the most important stuff, you probably can get to A2 if you're lucky. But you can't really shortcut to C2, though, or no, anything high. Because if no. you want a shortcut, the only way to shortcut is if you know how the mind works well enough. That's the only way you can right. really shortcut your way through learning anything. Right. However, like I told them, I said, okay. With French, French and Italian are easy languages for me. Passively, I understand them very well, to a very high level. Like, I'm, I'm reading Les Miserables in French. And mm-hmm. um, Kevin from Kevin Abroad, who I interviewed back in August, he he was like, it's incredible that you're actually reading 19th century literature in French. That would be hard. I'm like, well, not to me. I've always had a love affair with French and Russian ever since I was little. And I didn't really know a lot of Russian or a lot of French. So to me, you know, once I learned Spanish in college, it all clicked mm-hmm. in, in regards to romance languages. But, you know, 
I guess in hindsight, everybody wants to zip through things and not take their time. And I said, well, I take my time with stuff. I don't rush it because there's no need, mm-hmm. you know, whatsoever. I, if I concentrate on Levantine Arabic this year and Japanese, that's fine. Well, those are hard languages. I'm learning how to speak them. I'm not learning the writing system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of stuff in 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 these languages or I listen to podcasts in these languages so I can I can understand what's going on. Those are the two things I work on, listening and speaking. The writing will come later. Once you learn the alphabet, that's not hard. Once you learn your numbers, that's not difficult. Mm-hmm. But when you once you do that, like I didn't I I did not write in Spanish until after I was done learning Spanish. Mm-hmm. I picked up the grammar real easy. When yeah, I, the that was easy. And people like, that was hard. I was like, okay, you know why you say this is hard and that's hard? Because guess what? You don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it because it's a requirement. Like, I did Spanish because I didn't have a choice. It was the only language available. Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy Spanish food? Yes. Do I enjoy the dancing, the music? Yes. Do I enjoy hanging out with the people? Of course. I've lived with Mexicans for about a year. It was great. My my comprehension of the language grew because all they did was speak it all the time. They spoke English to me. They spoke Spanish to each other. But by the time I was done living with them, I could understand Spanish because I had Mm -hmm. a year of nothing but immersion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I told someone, I said, a lot of it is, uh, my thing is, I love languages from Europe, okay? But my favorite languages from Europe are only three languages. Russian, Mm -hmm. French, and Italian. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I love Icelandic. I think it's beautiful. I mean, I would just learn it just for shits and giggles, just because I could. Not for any, I'm not going to Iceland anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But just because I want to. But my languages are the languages of the East. Turkish, Cantonese, Thai, Japanese, Hindi, Arabic. So those are the ones I concentrate on. Mm -hmm. But, and I will learn my, my, my language of origin, which is Irish, because I have, uh, a quarter Irish in me, and, um, Swahili, because I have 40% Bantu tribe in me. So, I will learn those at some point. So at least the basic mm-hmm. level. But at the end of the day, I look at the community that I'm around, and we have a lot of people from Asia. We have a lot of people from Africa and the Middle East, Eastern Europe, you know, Latin America. So I focus on the languages that interest me, but I also focus on the languages where I've used it, a little bit of it, and I've been welcomed by people. Right. Right. So, so Cantonese, Japanese, Thai, Hindi, mm-hmm. Arabic, yes, I will be focusing on those. But that's my own personal journey. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, whatever language you learn, that's what you learn because that's something you really want. But when you see people and they sit there and they criticize you because, oh, well, you're just dabbling. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, like, like John right. Seabold said. 
What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it because you can say, I dabbled in this. I didn't. I tried it. I didn't like it. Now, I tried Korean over the summer, right? Mm-hmm. If the only thing I can remember how to say is Biko American, Biko Canada, uh, you know, Iaiso, uh, Iaiso, Nay, and Tabat, which means awesome. <laughs> okay, so if that's all I can remember in Korean, I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm like, I actually tried to speak Korean after three weeks of using Mango, and it didn't, it didn't stick. Well, the reason why it didn't stick because my motivation really wasn't there afterwards. Right. And my aunt was like, "Well, I thought you were supposed to be able to speak." And someone said, "Do you understand?" She actually tried to say something, and the fact that she did meant something to us. That mm-hmm. says something right there. Then when I said how many languages I've, I can speak and I've, I've gotten like A1, A2 in, the lady was like, wow. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's because I like communicating with people. I'm a people person. Right. So because I share my story with my listeners from 98 mm-hmm. countries, about to be 100 soon, um, I feel, you know, this is important. I might not have a Patreon page. I might not have merchandise. I might not right. even have a team of people. I mean, I do this on my phone and I put it out there. So what people are going to hear from this conversation, they're going to hear the whole thing as is. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I suck at any. <laughs> people know that already. So I'm not worried about it. But I'm being myself and I'm being authentic. There right. is no... There is no facade. There is no none of that. And it's almost like I tell people, what you see is what you get. I'm the Mm -hmm. same person. If you talk to me over the phone, I'm the same person in person. I believe that. Um, I love to have a good time, you know, but I'm not someone that stabs people in the back. I'm not someone that treats people like crap. I treat you as you want to be treated with mm-hmm. with respect and dignity. I don't care how much money you got or how successful you are. That means nothing to me. At the end of the day, if you act like an asshole to me, you won't be hearing from me again. <laughs> because that just that shows me your level of maturity. Right. If if we bond and we click and oh hey, we gotta do this again, yeah. <laughs> That's great too. But like I tell people, on the internet, you know, people talk about, well, this is my friend. Well, have you met? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you met? Have you done anything, you know, with this person? Have you tried to collaborate with them on something? You know, right. even if you're doing it for free and, and you're you're waiting for the money to come in, have you done anything? No. Okay, so you claim you know me because of the posts I put or the videos. No, you really don't. <laughs> you know, and that, yeah. and that I, I see that a lot in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, people say I'm your friend, and I'm like, really? Definitely. So that I mean, I I guess um, I forgot who it was. Someone said that they were going to. I was reading their tweet. Someone said that they were going to do. 
um, language learning for themselves. So they stopped following all these people and they focused on their own journey. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, why didn't you do that a long time ago? Like, right. Because <laughs> that's what it should have been to begin with. Right. It should never be so. about somebody else or, I mean, right. I find some of the stuff that people say to be great, but it's like, well, you put your two cents in, then that's when people either they like what you have to say or they don't yeah. like what you have to say. Right. Or you don't, because you don't have a master's degree. Well, you don't need one. You don't mm-hmm. need one. That's just a piece of paper. You can read, if you want to learn about language acquisition and language theory, you can go to the library. Right. You can read the same books for free. I'm like, all about that. Right. I mean, not, I, I mean, yes, I thought about going back and get my master's degree, but then after getting my student loans paid off, I'm like, <laughs> never again. Yeah, especially when the federal government took, you know, I was able to get them paid off by them. But, I mean, I thought about going back and getting a master's degree in Arabic studies, Mm -hmm. mostly on the language side of things, you know. And, I mean, because I fell in love with the Middle East, the history of the Middle East, the people, the food, the culture, the language. Right. You know, but at the same time, too, I respect their faith. I mean, but there are people that aren't, that don't practice Islam and, you know, they're either Jewish or they're, they're Christian and they still speak Arabic. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but I've found nothing but good connections with people from the Middle East, from Africa, from Asia, from just all over. Right. I can't believe you want to learn our language or you want to learn more about our people or you, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. The more I know, the better off I am. And for someone to be black and be going on 43, you, at least here in the U.S., they don't make it a priority that people learn languages. They do. You know, and look at how many people we have in this country. Right. So why not, why aren't we learning them? We should. We should. They should definitely. I feel like if they created better language programs in university, because they always want somebody to have some sort of certification, uh, I feel like if they had better language programs that were really good for native speakers in particular, but of course not limited to native speakers, right. we could have a lot more language teachers, and schools could have a lot more opportunities to teach their students other languages so then they can connect better. Because you have public schools um, specifically filled with people from different areas in life you go to some place like new york and in each borough you still have different neighborhoods filled with different kinds of people so they go to these different schools and they meet each other they connect on whatever kind of baseline right and then you can eventually like you you can you can like influence that connectivity I think right. by having these language teachers like, oh, OK, you want to learn Arabic, even if you're like a native Arabic speaker, you can go and you can formally learn it, um, which is always great for like heritage learners, because you might be born and raised here. Your parents might be from somewhere else. Your grandparents might be from somewhere else. You come here or you you live here. You know, American culture to be yours in a way that 
it's very different for someone who's um, immigrated at an older ish age. I would say probably starting at like 13. It's going to be a different world. It's going to be a different kind of adaption. There's going to be a different cultural conflict to an extent conflict, not really like harsh conflict or anything, but um, it's going to be a different experience. So when you have somebody who is born and raised, who is especially second generation American, um, you, you, you might want to go to school and choose this language that you know to still be a native tongue for you and learn it formally. That would be so great to be able to do. And it's not that they need to have every language in the world, but it would be really nice to have major world languages spoken that aren't just French and Spanish. When I was in school, I went to private school my whole life, but in high school, we only had French. And it was nice, but it was only two years of French. And after that, they got rid of the French classes and they just made it Spanish. But even then, I don't even know how long they did Spanish for. I think they only did that for two years as well. And it wasn't really great because of the students themselves. And it was a really small school, so it was really hard not to uh, for not to be the students. But uh, that's a side thing when it but when it comes to the opportunities, like I wish I had the opportunity to learn Spanish, even if it were like my senior year, just being able to sit in the Spanish classroom during one of my study halls or exchanging the math that I didn't have to take for a Spanish class. Because I know for sure that there was a Spanish class going on at that time. How come I can't do that? How come I don't have a say in it? How come we can't do all these things? My sister, my little sister wanted to take Mandarin, but um, she couldn't take Mandarin because you had to have started from the year before. Which is confusing. So you like people are limiting. They're constantly, in my opinion, limiting what people can or cannot do when it comes to languages. And languages, languages is the way to connect. I think so badly everybody wants the internet to be this almighty form of communication. While it is like it is as far as um, as far as dependency goes, and as far as you know how the range it it's in the range you can connect to. But, like, you can access people of all of these, speaking all of these different languages, and you don't take the opportunity to learn those languages because ultimately you learning them is going to connect you way more than email right. can, way more than social media can. And I think that's something that we really have to start as a society, like an international society, having to, having people learn within school languages in a better format than what we have again all over the world because there are people who do grow up speaking other languages but that's partially because of colonization and also because of the various cultures because you have different levels of culture all the way like like in every way there are there not every way everywhere there there are multiple levels of culture so because of that you do have different languages some people are growing up learning six and it's not because they live in a diverse place it it's because of that's the place that they're in so then learning through the school system is going to create an outlet of choice an outlet of expanding your world in a way that your community hasn't and it can also like bind your community together like it'll create this amazing bond so that everybody feels like they're understood and that they're represented and in a way that they're all equal which of course you know then you have gender things that come into that and then you have that you have a whole bunch of other um, instances of social equality but when it comes to just humans talking to humans that form of equality is something that I love and something that I want for myself 
And the reason why I love diversity is because I do get to see people for who they are when I can converse with them. Right. And, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember a friend of mine and I decided before she left from visiting me for the weekend, I said, let's go, let's go get some Thai food because I was learning some basic Thai. I still got to finish it. Um, and I turned around and, um, I was in the car. So I said, you can't talk. I'm going to be doing some basic Thai ordering food. 20 minutes okay. later, I walked up into the Thai restaurant, opened my mouth and started speaking Thai mm-hmm. and ordering me some food. Come to find out the chick that I was talking to lived 30 minutes away from me. Used to live in the same part of Hollywood, California that I lived in when I was going to film school. Wow. And I was, and then I got invited to go to a Buddhist temple for a community event. Wow, that's amazing. You know, so like, I tell these, I tell all these people, like, this is what I got to do today. And this was so awesome. And I only did it, I only did 20 minutes worth of time. And everybody was like, what? I was like, yeah, you don't have to be fluent or proficient in the language in order to be able to speak with somebody. Right, right. You know, they don't care if you mess up. The fact that you're trying to speak the language is what is important. Yeah, I don't. You're taking interest in the people. Right. That's what matters. Right. And see, I, okay, I I see all these people. Oh, well, I got a V2 and, um, Spanish from Spain, and guess what? No one cares. It's a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You know, like I did an episode based off of that because I said I and I asked people their opinion about certifications and degrees and the language. I was like, dude, you don't need all that. Right. A native speaker doesn't have to have a certification to say they can teach their language. Because right. they know their language. Exactly. But everybody else that's learning their language, whether it's for a hobby or not, you need a piece of paper. Not necessarily. If you right. can actually show that you can speak that language to a nice level, you'll get hired. Mm-hmm. This one chick got hired because her her Spanish wasn't the greatest. But because they couldn't find anybody, they called mm-hmm. her back a couple months later and asked her, could she work for them with the limited Spanish that she knows? And she would get better because she would be speaking Spanish all day and no right. English. So she did it. But she told them that she was fluent in Spanish. And I said, you should never tell someone you're fluent in something until you are, you know you are. Mm-hmm. If you can talk about a variety of different topics, yes. But at the end of the day, if you cannot do that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're using the present tense. You're using the past tense a lot. You might use the future tense every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But 90% of the time, you're talking about the past or the present. Yeah. And you're not using they a lot. You're using I, you, he, she. Mm -hmm. We on occasion. You know, so, I mean, you're not using you all. No one does. Mm -hmm. Hardly. (laughs) So, I mean, I 
have this thing about having a piece of paper. It just shows the knowledge that you know right then and there. It doesn't really show the progression of of the, you know, how long okay. it took you to get to where you are. I mean, I spent over 5,600 5, hours with Russian. And, I mean, I can I can listen to War and Peace now in Russian. That's awesome. I mean, you know, when I figured out I can understand it after three years, that I started crying because that was a big deal. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the more time you put into something, the better you'll get at it. Totally. Definitely. But you, but you have to take your time with it and not rush it. Now, mind you, I was doing a brain exercise just for myself last year. So that's why I was, I did three weeks of this and six weeks of this and four weeks of this just to see if I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't pay, I didn't spend tons of money. I used free right. resources. Yeah. And that's, an, and that's another thing people need to understand. Free resources work just as good as a paid resource. Yeah, they, they usually do. Yeah, I do tell people, if you're going to have language conversations with people, have someone that doesn't speak English. Because mm-hmm. it forces you to be able to use what language skills you have yeah. at your disposal. When people start Definitely. speaking in English, you get thrown off. You know. Definitely. And, should... and they think that you're supposed to be perfect when speaking a language. There's no such thing. But yet, right. they, they put... The native speakers of the other language puts the emphasis on you need to be, well, no, I don't need mm-hmm. to be perfect in your language. This isn't right. my mother tongue. I'm doing yeah. it for, for the reasons I'm doing it for. You know, right. now, I mean, when it comes down to cultural um, appropriation, mm-hmm. um, you know, people making fun of other people. In their culture. Right. I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yet, totally. at the same time, I, I have a problem with native speakers. They, they have this expectation. It's okay for them to mess up when they're learning English. But if we mess up, oh, then they want to revert back to English. Right. Right. You know, Cause that's easier or something like that. Like, no. It's not how this works. We just keep trying mistakes. I make mistakes constantly. I made a mistake earlier. I you just correct yourself and move forward. If you can't correct yourself, ask questions when you can. Well, I know I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I mean I've I've talked to people where they've said they've been sexually harassed mm. on on conversations with other people from other countries because, you know, they were looking for a date and not right. I hear a conversation part. And I said, see, that's the problem. Or they like to discriminate because I've had that happen in the Latina community with me personally mm-hmm. because of me having limited vision. And then I actually had someone from France do the same thing. Well, and I said, my vision problem has nothing to do with my ability to be able to learn. There's more right. learning than vision. Right. Or did you not know that? Like you, you learned exactly. how to speak. You learned how to speak and listen first before reading and writing. Everything. Exactly. Play. That's how communication works. And I can't believe that people still do this though. Oh, they do. And it's, it's, I stopped doing, um, 
a lot of the chats because people mm-hmm. just wanted a date. You know. Yeah. And I just and I and I found out I wasn't the only one that was, this was happening to. Her. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, oh well, you should do italki. Well, not everyone can afford italki. Right. You know, and actually, I'd rather communicate with people in the real world. Definitely, I agree. Because you actually have a better connection, and I think that a lot of people. I mean, depending on where you live at. You know, like I told someone, you don't need to travel outside the country in order to be able to become highly proficient in the language. you got to stick with that language for at least a year and a half to two years, though. Mm-hmm. You know, what I did was a year of speaking, and then I did a year of listening. Oh, wow. And that actually helped. Yeah. And it actually helped me tremendously. I should try you know, that. <laughs> but I will say... I am starting to play with my language learning more by making my cookbook. And I I plan on putting it, me and um, Donica Dunlap from GlobalDonica.com, we're going to be collaborating on this cookbook. So I'm, I'm going to write, like, I don't know how many recipes. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to... Put it in English, Spanish, and French. And if I can find someone to do it in Arabic, I'll do that too. Awesome. Um, just because I want to see how this this works and um, see if I can publish it on Amazon. Okay. $15 for the $15 for the paperback and $8 for the digital. Um, Mainly because I would have to find someone to read them in, in the languages, though, once I start making money right. uh, for the audio. Um, but at the same time, I look at it like you can learn from doing, learn a language from doing different things. Like, uh, you know, if you are trying to practice your Spanish, for instance, and you're trying to put together a shelf. Well, if they have the instructions in Spanish, read them in Spanish. Yeah. Try putting it together in Spanish and see what happens. You know, because you will learn so much more from doing that than just doing right. it in your native tongue. Right. Or if or you're learning Mandarin, learn it. Try putting it together in that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I've given great tips like that for people. And, you know... It it doesn't have to be like a three hour lesson. You know, if you're making a recipe, make it in the, the native tongue. Mm-hmm. You'll learn more about food that way. You know, and how it's so those are the types of things that I try to promote when I'm doing my show, for instance, because you know, Everyone's talking about grammar. Everyone's talking about laddering. Everyone's talking about this app or that app or what. But no one's talking about, well, are you applying this to your daily life? You know? Right. You know. That's or, so important. Or what school are you going to to learn? Well, you don't have to. I've, I've taught myself a lot of different languages to different levels by myself. Right. No money. Right. You know? Like, I taught myself just about not everything, everything, but I taught myself 
most of, and that's why I was better off, like, my whole first semester, I knew more than half of the stuff that we went over. Because I was able to get myself out of A1 on my own. Because I right. don't need a teacher. I know that. I know right. what I'm doing. I can. I know how to learn languages. That's all you need to do. And learn anything. I taught myself math over the summer because I was so determined to get into a very specific math course or like, yeah, spe- specific math course, which I was able to get into. Uh, not really because of the math I did, though, unfortunately. Uh, but I was I'm I was able to get myself from a really really bad level in arithmetic to like a pretty good level in algebra one, which isn't very high math. It's just basic school math Mm -hmm. um but when you compare me now versus me in elementary school while it should be that great but if you compare where I was before last summer to me in uh elementary school it was like not it wasn't that big of a difference minus like the 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 really easy algebra stuff I could do I still had to get so much arithmetic down in order to be able to get into more advanced maths in order to understand more. But when I did my math class, finally, the one that I worked so hard to get into, I was able to teach myself when my teacher wasn't helping me. I was able to learn more often because I took the initiative to right. to, to do my own foundation because school let me down. Because right. I don't need a teacher to teach me anything. I know that I can do it on my own. You know, it's so funny because I sit there and I say that and then I get flack because, well, some people need that. And I said they might need a push. But at the end of the day, they have to be the one to be able to do the work. Right. Right. You know, and I've had teachers where they sucked. Yeah. And then I've had teachers where, okay, I got it. You know, the first or second time you say, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mets, let's move on. You know, I was one of those people where I had to take seven classes at a time mm-hmm. because if I took less than four, I was bored. <laughs> you know, so, I get that. So for me, it's like I'm more of a history person, politics and food and travel and, right. you know, sports. And, you know, like I wanted to learn how to say talk about the World Cup in French. And I learned how to talk about it in Spanish and Italian and Russian. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said, I'll talk about the Olympics in Arabic and I'll talk about it in Japanese or something. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, you have to be motivated to want to learn about those different subjects. And like, because I interviewed back at the end of June, Dr. Krashen. Stephen Crashing. And it was a delight to interview him. Okay, and the man does not give very many interviews, okay? <laughs> and so we were talking about language and we were talking about culture and we were talking about origins of language and and I said, Well see, I've always been someone that loved genealogy and learning about different people and their background and where they came from and so right. forth and the history of families and blah blah. I'm just a geek like that. I study philosophy and all that type of stuff, logic and sociology, a little psychology. So for me personally, you know, I'm more of a people person and I I like to know about people's history. Like my favorite parts of history were Russian, 
the Middle East, Asian right. history, and French history. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, everything else was just like, whatever. <laughs> I get that. I have yeah. my my histories that I'm really, really fond of. My I mean, everything that I'm really, really fond But, of. I mean. Everything else is just boring. Um, You know, people are like, you don't want to learn German? No, I learned Dutch. Right. You know, but I said, you know, to learn Danish, Swedish, or no? no. Why? Because am I going there? Mm-hmm. Are these languages spoken in my community? No. Mm-hmm. The Asian languages are French, Spanish, Dutch, Italian. Right. You know, Arabic. Those are spoken. Mandarin, Cantonese. You know, so those languages. So why would I? I mean, if you I don't dabble. have the people to connect to, what's the point of learning it? Right. I mean. Yeah, I respect that. Uh, you know, people can say, I speak 12 languages. Okay, what levels of proficiency? Right. Do you speak 12 languages at A2 level? B1 mm-hmm. level? B2? Right. You know? Um, A1? I mean, I look at it like this. If you learn something at A1, that means something. You You achieve something. That doesn't right. mean you're a failure. And a lot of people think that your your level of success is based off of the letter and the number. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Everyone's situation is totally different. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you're trying to compare yourself to a Luca Lampriello or Moses McCormick or uh, Richard Simcott or... Ollie Richards or Stu J. Raj, for instance. Mm-hmm. Guess what? All these people, it took them time to learn this stuff. It didn't happen overnight. Right. It took years. And that's what people fail to realize. I want to learn 30 languages. Go for it. Now, that, that doesn't mean you're going to be B2 in 30 languages. I guarantee you that. Yeah. That's not, that, that's, yeah. trying to maintain that many languages, that's a lot. It is. You know. But and maintaining I mean, your motivation for all of them. Right. That's like a whole true. other thing. I mean, like, I will always love Italian. I will always love French and Russian. Mm-hmm. Europe-wise, Yes. As far as Asia is concerned, Japanese and Thai and Cantonese, Arabic and Hindi and Turkish. Yes. Right. Those six languages, oh, God, yes. You know, so for me, that means something. That's a connection. But I've always loved the East anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I maybe being African American because of what we've had to go through in this country as people, whether you have a disability or not, what whatever your sexual orientation may be or not, um, mm-hmm. I think that you know we're still going through it, but it's totally some of it's different, some of it's not. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you feel for these people. Right. Because of what they had to go through. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, you can identify in your own yeah. way. Right. And, and 
for me, it's like I like people that come from places that, yes, they all were affected by British colonialism, Mm -hmm. Um, for instance. I mean, who the hell wasn't? Right. So, yeah. But at the same time, yes, do I love British cinema and people and the arts and all that? Yeah, and the royal family? Uh, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but, and do I love British literature? Yes. How many copies of Harry Potter do I have? In so many languages? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, I plan on listening to it in Japanese and Arabic at some point in Hindi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I enjoy listening to it. And, and those th- those different, I mean, it gives me motivation to read something I've already read. But at the same time, I can read it, too, because I can tell the different styles of how it was written in this language versus this language and what, you know, what similarities. And, right. And that, but that's just me being a geek. But. At the same time, I'm learning about people's culture. I want to learn about, you know, okay, do they have manga in right. in Braille? Do they have manga in audio or did you know ebook or whatever? Something that I can I can I can put my hands on, you know. But at the same time, I think if people don't find a connection to whatever language they're learning, like something tangible that they can connect to, it's going to be like a downward spiral. Yeah, that's what happened with me in Tagalog. What made you want to learn it? Um, When, I don't know, okay, so a few years ago, I was incredibly burnt out when it came to languages, not because of the languages themselves, just because, like, I'm someone who loves to learn and Mm -hmm. because, and because of that, like I love learning languages and language learning languages is one of my favorite things to do. So because of that, me only doing the same languages, keeping like, um, not keeping, but um, doing the same things over and over again. And without like that kind of variation that adding another language does, I was pressed to add another language and I wasn't sure what it was at first it was Hawaiian and I knew it was Hawaiian and it turned out to actually just be Hawaiian anyway um I thought maybe Haitian Creole because I think I saw a video but I was um the next day or later that day I was at Barnes and Noble I was in the bookstore looking at the language section because I go there every time I get to go to the bookstore um who doesn't want to get new stuff I mean like especially language books I love language books um so when I saw Tagalog there was something I hadn't seen all the other times that I'd been I was like this is what I want because I knew that I was drawn to something involving islands I just didn't know what it was so I was like this must be a sign the fact that there's a Tagalog book that was it's it's really difficult to use because it doesn't have an answer key and the answer key was in another book I think and I now have that other book which because of that, like just the difficulty in trying to use the main textbook kept me from like wanting to continue. But also I needed the other book. I needed the second book that I eventually got, which one's a workbook and the other one is, is also a workbook, but it's different. It's more of a textbook kind of workbook, honestly. Right. And it was really nice to have 
both of them and I wanted so badly to do it but I wasn't connected to the culture enough I don't know enough about the Philippines in order to uh truly feel like I'm connected to the people I don't I I know I I've had a couple Filipino teachers there was two people that I went to high school with um that were like half Filipino but other than that like I wasn't even friends with those people while those teachers were amazing um the two of the best teachers I've ever had for math considering I'm someone who had such a hard time learning math in school because teachers aren't created equal um it's it it was really great to have but that's the only connection I would ever have to Filipino people unless I go seek it out and because I was never really drawn to seek it out it was kind of irrelevant to me so I just grew away from the language and I got mango I was able to put my money toward a month subscription and then the next month I was able to use my library card because even though I had checked the month before to make sure that I couldn't use it still so I didn't have to pay for it the next month I was able to do it which was a huge miracle um even though I'm missing a part like before that I saw that Polyglot Progress was doing a challenge with Mango Languages, the um, Italian and Spanish three-month challenge thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that Mango had, like, a week or however long trial. Not even that. Actually, that wasn't that. It was that you can do – and this is available for everyone – uh, without uh, without a subscription, you can do like the first chapter or so, not chapter, like the first lesson within a chapter or something like that. And I did that. And when I started that, that's when I knew that, yeah, Hawaiian was what was missing for me. Um, so with Tagalog, it was really just so I could learn something new and change something for myself. Because if I'm not learning something new, if I don't have that novelty, which I recently learned is, uh, a trigger for like dopamine or something mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a huge thing when it comes to productivity um but for me it it's it has to be specifically in the things that i'm learning right. um, that kind of novelty because otherwise like what's the point there's a disconnect mm-hmm. and i'm just getting more and more withdrawn with what i'm doing there's nothing new here there's nothing interesting um to me anymore because everything is the same so I was dog, going to I was mm-hmm. going to say, um, how long do you like when when you're learning a language? I mean, how many hours a day do you put in? I mean, because I can tell you how long I do it for, and people think I'm crazy. So <laughs> I used to um, in 2018. That was the most productive I had ever been in language learning because I had started my bullet journal. And I was so interested in my bullet journal, and it got me so motivated for learning languages. At that point, I wasn't in school yet. I had graduated in 2017 from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been out of school. All I had was my was my languages. So because of that, I that that's what I was doing. And it's not necessarily the time I put in generally. I don't put in much time, especially now. I I don't put in as much as I want. I always say that, like, because I have a productivity tracker in my bullet journal. I try mm-hmm. to tell myself, I'll, if I do an hour, it counts as productive. If I do more than an hour, then it's very productive. And it doesn't work that way. I just, right. it's just, if I did something, it's okay. Uh, generally, because of how I learn, I am kind of like a sponge. Um, it took me a long time to see that I do 
learn fairly quickly and right. that I do love learning. I had to be told that and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, that, that's true. I do love learning because my thought was only I hate school so much, so what's the point in everything? So I associated learning with only school and not things that I wanted to learn. So right. what I think is this is something that I want to do. I'm going to learn it, and that's the end of it. Like, I'm good. And as right. long as I know that I'm down for it, I'm good to go. For the most part, I do need to study more. I need to spend more time. I generally don't spend more than 15 minutes on anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm trying to do the 90-day drops challenge. I've only done 12 days, I think, though, inconsistently. But that's because my sleeping pattern is weird. And I plan on really going hard, like, today. Um, talking with you, I'm hoping that it really helps me get ready for the rest of the week, um, considering I do start school again. And I will have my Spanish class twice a week again. Um, mm-hmm. And that's an hour and a, hour and 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. because of that, like, I'm looking forward to that time to have dedicated Spanish study because I paid for it, one. Um, and also, like, it's, it's, it's helping me progress towards something. And it helps me knock out an hour and 15 minutes of study that I don't have to like start on my own right it starts my day and it's and I'm set I need to start doing that with Italian Mm -hmm. you know it's funny you say that because when I took Spanish in college I knew like basic greetings I mean very basic and like my numbers one to ten and then once I learned the alphabet in one night it was Mm -hmm. gangbusters like I would do about 12 and a half hours a week of Spanish. Wow. Total. I mean, I would work with tutors because I'm auditory, so I'm, I'm absorbing everything. I take no notes, nothing. You know, I have no journals, right. no nothing. Everything is mental. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's like, how the hell do you, because what's the point of me writing this crap down for? I need, I need to use it. And mm-hmm. I mean, the most I got out of college Spanish was ordering my food, having a very basic conversation, but a lot of it was, I did a lot of listening to music. Right. And and when I found the people I like listening to, I still listen to the same people in Spanish today. And I'm going on 43. So, for me, that, you know, I'll speak it with somebody, but I, it Mm -hmm. wasn't, it it wasn't the language of choice. Right. It was something I needed for a requirement for my degree. Right. You know, so, I mean, I got B's in the class, and they wanted me to go to Mexico for a month. And people was like, you'll be fluent in a month. I'm like, sure. So, you know, I mean, I appreciated it and everything, but I, like I said before, it wasn't the language of choice. Right. So for me, I love my Spanish speaking people mm-hmm. and hanging out and, you know, have, let's have a Corona and Margarita, you know, have some flan, you know, a burrito with no queso, por favor, muchas gracias, senor. You know, so, but it's funny because I can talk to people from all over the Spanish speaking world and I mean, it's great, but I'm just not. That wasn't the motivation. Right. You know, um, the motivation for me was Russian and French and Italian and then all the languages from the East. Well, the ones that I, the, the six that I want to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, um, if 
if you had to define your real motivation for, for the languages that you're learning and the future ones that you want to learn, what would that be? Um, for my current languages, I'm, my goal is fluency. My goal is to be able to go to the countries where it's spoken and thrive. I want to be able to be as autonomous as possible. I just, I want to be able to function on my own and not rely on any kind of translator or books or just other people as much as I can. While I do know, like, even in English, I still need to seek dictionaries sometimes. I don't have the most broad vocabulary in the world, so I don't have those same expectations for myself in any other language. I just, I want to be able to function for the most part how I currently function, which I don't do anything extravagant. My life is very much I'm at home or I'm at school and that's it. So I want to be able to if I were to go out more, um, which I would imagine if I'm traveling, I would go out more. I want to be able to uh, say whatever I want and I want to be able to speak passionately. Um, One of my biggest goals in life is to, you know, like write books and everything. I would love to write books in other languages. It used to be one of my goals that I decided not to put for this year um, to start writing like a short story in one of my target languages, which my target languages are Italian, Spanish, and Hawaiian. I'm not looking for that in Hawaiian right now. Um, I, I have yet to figure out a game plan for beyond, uh, mango. So right now that's just where I'm staying with that. But when it comes to Italian and Spanish, because I started Italian on Duolingo in like 2013 or something like that, according to the email they sent me. And that was so long ago. Um, I think that by now, because I did learn a lot through Duolingo and then through the grammar books that I use and everything. And I love grammar because of that. And I'm already a writer. So I want to be able to do what I love in the languages that I'm learning. So, well, I mean, like, I feel like I'm kind of everywhere with answering this question. Um, when it comes to the languages that I'm learning, it's really that I want to do things that I'm passionate about, I guess is what I should say. I want to be able to say like what I'm saying now to you I want to be able to have a very similar conversation to what we've had in my target languages I want to be able to expand as well as I can in English which I already have a hard time remembering everything that I say and not talking in circles so right but even if I'm doing that in my target languages that's basically just me like what difference does that make that would still be a huge achievement for me um when it comes to Spanish right now, um, I'm considering having a second major in Spanish because my, my the, the main thing that I wanted to go to college for was anthropology because that's the thing that I thought I saw myself doing the most. Um, so I, I'm pretty committed to that now. And while I, oh, that's another thing that I'll bring up, I just thought about um, it was film, but I want I'm, I'm thinking about a Spanish major because. Well, I'm not really interested in it for Italian unless I study in Italy. Um, but as far as Spanish goes, like, I, I think I might do an education concentration because one, I want, like, like just to help my job chances after the fact. Um, so it's like, if I wanted to have a second job, say I'm working in anthropology, uh, mainly if I wanted to teach Spanish, I have the certification to back it up, even though I currently feel like I could still actually at the level that I'm at, which is not very high, I'm more like a B1 level, um, I, I would say that I would, 
I could still teach someone A1, A2 because mm-hmm. I'm a language learner. And ultimately, for the most part, and this is why I'm not really interested in language difficulty per se, because so many people talk about how difficult languages are. I think that ultimately what learning is, is being able to learn. Learning anything is being able to learn. How can you manipulate the information that you're trying to learn to work for your brains the way um, to the point where you can retain it for the long term? So in that case, it's like, is the language more difficult or is there just more to it? Are you, is right. it just not clicking for you? Do you need to just try something else? So right. then I, that takes away anything from the language itself, and it's all your brain. And that is something that I feel like I can do. Like, I feel like with just thinking that alone, I feel like I can actually teach someone now. Um, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. I really want that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. since you said that, I'm going to give you a very good piece of advice. Because I wish I would have done this okay. a long time ago. <laughs> You want to, if you want to teach, just start doing it so you can get yourself some experience. Because even if you get a degree, even if you right. get a certification, if you have no experience doing it, you're going to have a very hard time. Very true. Getting very a job and, and coming from someone that's had that problem in other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah. That they they want they want the real world experience. Definitely. So I mean, even if you can tutor people, you can create a meetup group. You could. There's so mm-hmm. many things you can do. I mean, I don't know okay. what part of the state you live in. I'm just I'm in Maryland, so. It's oh just, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's it's possible. It's a possible thing that I've been looking into. I actually like want to tutor people particularly when it comes to history and languages because those are two of my really those those are two of my major passions um when it comes to like subjects typically or or, like especially academic subjects Mm -hmm. um as far as my as far as where else I want to go with it one thing that I do love is filmmaking I as a writer like um, I'm writing stories, but I'm also writing screenplays. I have yet to finish my first one, but I really want to finish it. And I want to make so many more because one thing that I say is that I want to bring humanity to the big screen. Like I, because I feel like it's too much trying to store, like tell stories versus telling the stories themselves, as well as telling good stories. So I want to tell amazing stories and I want to um I want to like I don't know I want to amplify diversity because we already I've already mentioned so many times how much I love diversity um right. and diversity in film is something that I'm really passionate about wow I mean like I do seek it in movies and stuff like that but as far as for what I create if it doesn't have any amount of diversity in any capacity there's an issue with it for me I have yet to come up with anything that doesn't have diversity as a focus and diversity is never going to be the only focus for me it's ultimately the experiences that people have because I do love people which is why I kind of want to be an anthropologist even though I do need to look up what anthropology is even more than I know now um and one idea no not not the idea it's just like i want to i want to bring minorities or like subgroups of minorities because there are so many technicalities to ethnicity that people don't talk about that i want to talk about you know i want to i want to show the boundaries and i want to 
I want to discuss, I want to make a discussion. And with this, I want my languages to be a part of it. I want to create languages in the, every language that I truly feel connected to and that I have proficiency in. Because ultimately, part of the reason why I'm learning it is for visibility. It's for representation. Because that's what I love. And that's one of my biggest goals in life. So, um, yeah, I want to involve my... I want to eventually get into filmmaking. I don't know how. I don't know the segue into what I'm going to do. I haven't made any commitments past where I'm at when it comes to school. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where that's necessarily going, um, but I know what I want right now, and this is what I want right now, and my languages are my identity because I see things, and I see myself in it, and it doesn't matter what they look like. They don't have to look like me. They don't have to be from where I'm from. If I see myself in it, it's who I am as a person, not necessarily who I am on the outside. Right. So – my languages while that it like speaking is pretty superficial like it is pretty surface level when it comes to people themselves but the fact that I am so passionate about language learning I feel like that speaks a lot about me and tells people a lot about me to the point where I don't have to say everything I feel like it pretty much tells you that I love learning and I feel like it pretty much tells you that I enjoy connecting with people and while not everybody loves like social like being social so their language learning is going to be different from mine um I feel like though it's still a pretty good assumption that I do love people based on the fact that I do want to learn so many languages from all over the world no specific location no specific country that I only want to learn language from um it's not a heritage thing entirely it's just who I am as a learner as a as a person wanting to connect with other people so with Spanish especially I have some ideas for what I want to create um, in the Spanish language, I have some ideas, not many ideas for Italian. One of the big, most important things that I, not most important things, um, one of my favorite films is Whale Rider. And that opened me up to the Maori people more than anything ever has. And it was just one of the coolest things to have ever seen. And to have that kind of cultural display made, like seeing that made me connect to them in a way that I wouldn't be able to because I didn't know they existed until probably a few years before that mm -hmm. um so with language I get to explore the world in so many different ways and I get to create for so many different uh, um, audiences and I think that's ultimately not ultimately ultimately but like as far as media goes that's what I want to do I want to create a way for everybody to feel represented to feel seen in every way beyond the color of their skin you right. know beyond the superficial oh this is what you look like if you're from insert place here right Damn. that's awesome thank you that is totally awesome i you know it's kind of funny because i am um you know i'm being like i said in the beginning picky about who i have on my show and i, I people stick out to me but it's like I don't see enough minorities. <laughs> right. And so this year I'm going to try to get as many minorities as I can on the show. 
Just because a lot of my guests are either, you know, Caucasian, European, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, we, I need to get some more Asian people. I want to find somebody from the Middle East. Right. Somebody from, somebody in Africa, you know. Right. Um, you know, because I kind of feel that there isn't enough diversity. I mean, there is. When you look at the the different Facebook groups and different language communities, there are. But overall, depending on who the people are that have the the groups, right. the really popular ones, a lot of it's Caucasian based. Right. And, and that's why I love the uh, Black Girls Learn Languages yeah. Facebook group. I thoroughly enjoy that group. I enjoy being a part of it, even though I don't do anything. I just scroll. Yeah, I, I'm in that myself, and I'm also in the Black Bilinguals group. I don't think I'm a part of that one. I should I should look at it. And, um, yeah, I, I joined that recently. I like it because you actually can have a conversation without feeling like you're being judged constantly okay, for everything you good. say. Um, I mean, I've had to leave several groups, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because of the admin who created it. It right. was the people in the group. Right. You know, there were a lot of cool people, but then there was just people hating on people just for the sake of hating it. I'm like, we got too much of that in society. Right. Why do we need this out? In the, you know, and I, I right. feel like it's a popularity contest. It is. Sometimes the language learning community really does feel that way, and it kind of stresses me out. I don't let it stress me out, because I'm like, I'm 42 years old, I'm too old for mm-hmm. this. You know, it's it's not necessary. But then when you see these people, well, I'm having all these mental problems, and you know why? Because you're allowing, and I hate to say this, but I feel like people are allowing what people say on the internet to get to, to get to them completely, and it's like, dude, yeah, is someone typing on the other end of a screen? Yeah, people don't understand boundaries. Boundaries exist, and the internet is a physical boundary. Right. So, right, and it's like I sit there and I say to myself, "You don't know me." Right. So why am I letting you get to me? Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to say I haven't had my my level of internet bullying. I have. In the language learning community. And I've, I've touched on that in, uh, my show because I feel like there's no place, for, there's no need for that. We all want to, we're all doing the same thing. We're just doing it in different ways. Why can't right. that be respected? Why do you have to be hating on somebody because you don't like what they have to say? Right. You know, I mean, okay, you're not going to agree. Okay, you might not learn the same way. But at the same time, we're all different. Right. You know. And, yeah, like, I I actually had to create my own language learning group Mm -hmm. just because I was tired of all the bashing and the hating. Right. You know, I'm trying to say something different. And because I'm not following the same, I mean, and some of the rules some of these admins have, you're just sitting there like, this is ridiculous. You're censoring now, and that's just dumb. And, you know, 
Or yeah. like if you're not, if you ask, can we, you want to collaborate on something, you get pushback. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow. Like someone said in the Black Girls Learn Languages group recently, um, you'll find someone that doesn't want to collaborate with you. Um, you know, it's not you, it's them. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it does get a little personal because you feel like they're attacking you personally. Mm-hmm. You know, for one reason or another. Or they think that because they're who they are, which you're popular on the internet. whoop de do? What about real life? How many mm-hmm. people, how, can you walk down the street and someone can recognize you? Mm-hmm. Then you can say you're famous. Right. Uh, otherwise, who, who cares? Like, you're <laughs> yeah. not being chased by the paparazzi. You still got a life and privacy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, that's why I say I, I find the internet fame to be not as relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not like Meghan Markle or Prince Harry, then you can say you're <laughs> That's a whole other level. Man, that scrutiny? That's I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't nope. want that. I mean, I'm happy that they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm happy they were able to live their life in peace. I mean, I'm sad he had to give it all up. Mm-hmm. But I understand why. And, you know, when it comes down to learning, like you, I'm someone that's always loved to learn and loved to read mm-hmm. all kinds of things, philosophy, history, politics, mm-hmm. all all that sort of thing. I mean, I do like Harry Potter. Actually, I, I read The Godfather in Italian last year. Awesome. And, um, you know, I read books that I hadn't read in English. I read them in another language. And mm-hmm. I read, I watched the whole War and Peace, the, the BBC version, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And then I went and read the book. Well, part of it. I'm not <laughs> done with it. I think it was pretty long. Um, but I will say, you know, people are like, is that all you read is Harry Potter? I was like, no. But I'd like to know how it was written in another language just because it might be different. Mm-hmm. You know, presented differently. Right. And you see that with English language, though. So it's like, why not? But, you know, people want to judge you based off of one thing. Right. So this is why I always say on my show, language learning is a journey and a process, not a race. Right. You know, because it isn't a race. It's, it's, it's something that you, uh, need to work on slowly. You know, not something that you need to rush right away unless you are going for a job tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And even then, good luck with that, you know. But, I mean, I've done a whole Michelle Thomas Foundation course in a day. You know, it took seven hours. But I I broke it down, three and a half hours, and then an hour break, then come back to it. Mm -hmm. And I was able to retain a lot of stuff that way. But that was all I was doing for that whole day because that was a goal of mine to get that done. 
But at the end of the day, you know, I still retain a lot of information in different languages. And how can you remember this? How can you remember? Because I just can. Sometimes if you leave a language alone for a while and you come back like two months later, it's still there. Right. You know, you might actually have improved with it by leaving it alone. You know, and I've come to understand that, like, I used to watch Polyglot Progress mm-hmm. when Matilda was on. Mm-hmm. Before Matilda was Matilda. And I, I, I watched it because of Matilda. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed what they had to say, but I actually enjoyed what Matilda had to say. Yeah. More so. And, I mean, because, but then there's the problem with everyone has their own way of doing it, but then when you figure out how to do it, it's like, okay, am I, why am I wasting my time? Yeah. You know, listening to this because you're, and 90% of them are saying the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's like, are you really, are you really saying anything different than what the other person just said two minutes ago. No. Yeah, that's why I have a hard time watching a lot of the popular people, especially. Just because for me, it's general. whatever I think I could be interested in is generally the same stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that, so what's the point of me continuing to listen to it? I know how I need to do things for the most part. What's the point for me to keep Well, and then it's like, okay, well, I have a company doing this, and I do, well, that's great, but no right. But no one's explaining how did they go about doing it. Right. You know. Well, actually, Jan Van de R from Language Boost and Ollie Richards teamed up to help people with that. Mm-hmm. And, and but once again, you got to pay some. Uh, and I mean, it's not free, of course not. But if you want to do their language mastermind, that's going to cost some money. Right. Because you're going away for a week somewhere, and you're but you have to have a business already established. Right now, they, now they have their Langpreneur weekend in Berlin. It used to be their Language Influencer Summit. They changed it, and um, you know you can do that, and that's probably yeah. under five hundred dollars. But you still got to do a B and B. You still got to do a flight. You still got to do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like I tell people, when you choose to go see some of these people, understand, mm-hmm. you won't be able to go to everything. Mm-hmm. You got to pick and choose. Like, I, I want to go to Mexico. I still got to get my passport. I still got to get a roommate or two. Mm-hmm. Because I can't afford it all by myself. I just don't have it like that. Right. You still got to pay for the tickets. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I kind of feel like, yes, they, they have people who are new coming in and, and whatnot and interviewing, um, you know, people on different shows. But then you got people who you've never heard of a day in your life mm-hmm. and they're out in the space somewhere, <laughs> you know, undiscovered. Yet, it, to me, it's like you're recycling the same people over and over again. 
Right. You know. That gets frustrating. And it's almost like if you're not, if you can't afford to glow pop all over, just like I, I participated in Women in Language, their lightning round last year. Mm-hmm. My first Women in Language event. And I'm going to do it again. I'm going to pay the $30 and, and, and do it. And I really enjoyed it. It was very motivating. I met a lot of really cool people as a result of it. I got a lot of interviews from it, which I'll probably get more. How did you go about uh, meeting people through it? I just contacted them. Okay. On Facebook. On Facebook. And I I befriended them. And I interviewed a lot of people from my show that way. And I, I struck up reports with people. And they actually liked my story. But that's another thing. Because I do everything by ear, and I explained how I did everything by ear. It almost was interpreted by somebody. I won't mention their name. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, well, I don't – they thought I did something totally different than what they would because I'm visually impaired, and it's not even the case. Right. And so when I said what I said, then everybody was, like, great about it, but then – I had to explain to them that, yeah, there might be 193 Braille codes in the, in the world representing each country, but mm-hmm. that's just for reading and writing. It's not a language. Right. And people didn't get that. And I was like, dude, this isn't a language. This is just a method for you to be able to be literate, you know, right. or, you know, have mathematics skills or whatever, or, sci- you know, use it for science or whatever you're using. You know, you can use it to learn languages. Because you're learning to read and write. Which I'm going to learn Arabic Braille. So I can be able to read and write it. But I have a display. And I can do that. You know, I can teach myself certain scripts with it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. So, like I told someone, I said, you have to take into consideration, I'm not doing anything differently than what you're doing. I'm using the mm-hmm. same material. I'm just not using print. I'm using all audio. Right. And I just, I don't know. It To me, it's almost like people's expectations, they're kind of, I kind of see it as, um, I wouldn't say they're too high of what I'm capable of doing. But then mm-hmm. when I tell someone, it's like, oh, like they're disappointed. Like it was supposed to be something bigger than what it was. Like, I think they make more of it than I do. Probably. That that tends to be a pattern over the Internet in particular. Yeah. And it's just like, have you ever met me? No. I can mm-hmm. be a fun person. But like I interviewed somebody. The interview didn't come out the way I wanted it to, and I wound up losing all the information. Okay. Well, I never interviewed the person again. And I had my reasons as to why I didn't interview them again, because they were very disrespectful and rude. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I said I will never have someone come over to my sh- my show and be disrespectful, because that's not right. You're wasting my time. Right. You know, it doesn't matter that I'm disabled and I'm on disability and I can't work. 
not everyone's able to work because, well, let's be honest, we live in the U.S. Exactly. They're picky about who they want to hire, even if you are disabled. Yeah. So it's hard. That's not easy. But you see people working, but they're not making 50K to 100K a year. You know, right. they're they're barely making minimum wage job. Uh, and they might be able to work for less than three months because, okay, once they collect the money mm-hmm. from tax write-off, then they fire you for some stupid reason. And I've had that happen on one occasion. So I said, I'm trying to create my own thing for myself. So if I get paid, I get paid. If I don't get paid, it's not the end of the world. I'm at least putting out content that people can relate to. Right. You know, and I'm growing slowly, so it doesn't really matter to me. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you know, people feel like because I'm on the Internet, oh, they think they know me. And I'm like, you really, until you meet someone, you don't really know them. You don't. And especially in a community like the language learning community, which is a very, very limited um very limited scope it's not like you're daily vlogging or something and you're and you're showing um what you want them to perceive you as that's different that's a different conversation versus something like this it's like you don't have the opportunity to genuinely know someone unless you genuinely try to get to know them whatever they show you is nothing that you can base them on for the most part you can't base it on what they decide to show you because it is so limited because it's within one specific conversation versus anything that could ever possibly happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and honestly, like I told someone, they, someone made a comment, well, you can learn languages. You have all the time in the world because you don't work. And someone said, well, who are you to sit there and pass judgment? Mm-hmm. And then it's funny because karma is a total bitch. When you say stuff like that to people and then I turn around and I use kindness to kill the person with. Mm-hmm. And then you find out months later, oh, well, something happened. Well, let's see. Why did that happen? Right. You know, I mean, I don't feel I feel bad that it did happen. But you also have to think about your words when you put them out there because. That person didn't deserve that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of that white privilege, white language crap, and, it, and a lot of people are like, well, why are you so angry? I'm like, I'm angry because I don't like how people are being treated. Mm-hmm. You know, and, right. and especially in this community. Like, there are people that have left and won't come back because yeah. they feel ambushed constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they wonder why people don't want to learn. I mean, people don't want to um, uh, they don't they don't want to be involved in these bigger groups where it's you know not enough minorities mm-hmm. um, because of all the the shaming and the making fun of people and especially if they write stuff you know out and they know that their language skills and that language isn't that great or their technology doesn't work very well in my case i got a new phone so now my texting has increased but they don't 
people don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. they just, they want to judge you for every little thing you do. And that makes your motivation to even be in the group or even interact be less and less. Like you ask Definitely. yourself, why are you here for? And I have to remind myself every day I'm here because I want to help people. Right. Not not because I want to be rich and famous. You yeah. know, I can't go to Australia for this for for a Christmas vacation or Thailand. Or this place or that. I don't have that kind of capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So until I get to that spot, have fun for me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, or or if you feel, for instance, like you want to collaborate with somebody. Mm-hmm. And they decide for some reason or another. Oh, well, no. Oh, but then they talk, but then they go and they collaborate with so and so and so and so. It's like, okay, is this now a race thing? Right. There's so many things, like, you gotta be careful with, people just have to be more aware of what they do. Uh, because it is, like, especially in a community where there are so few people, like, like, um, like popular people of color specifically um it is it's it's you you can't just necessarily partner with who you want to partner because not it's not built on equal opportunity because there is no chance for equal opportunity especially in the language learning community just because from what we've seen it's already incredibly hard to grow in but at the same time it's even harder to grow in in a small community in comparison to like a gaming community, for instance, um, it's so much harder to grow in. And then add being a person of color that also adds to it. And I've seen it so many times. So I know it exists. I know it's very prevalent. And I'm not saying that the individuals who are not PLC um, are necessarily racist or, uh, or prejudiced or anything like that. It's not that they are. And it's not that I know them. It's just that how the system works within the community discriminates. And I had a point that I can't remember. But, um, oh, it's it's not built on equal opportunity. So because of that, uh, it's it, it just, it doesn't, I think I still forgot what I was trying to say. But um, it, it doesn't allow other people to uh collaborate with others um because people are also still interested in other people's numbers that is something that so many so many people are so involved in that they don't recognize the fact that oh yeah people of color don't have the same level of platform that non-PLC have like so you do have to kind of go out of your way to collaborate with people of color within the community because otherwise your platform is only used to raise other people that look like you and it's and it's it almost looks as though you are because when you're saying no to this one person of color who just so happens to not have high enough numbers for you it can look like that it can make you look like you're prejudiced it can make that person start asking questions about who you are and the integrity of the situation because how do i know that you don't have an issue with me because of some reason that's not because I'm a bad person 
It could be anything. And while it could actually be absolutely anything, is it, for the most part, when it comes to things that you, that um, are generally visible, but sometimes you can, you can hear a lot of things in people's voices. Um, just, and you, you can make up your mind with how they look from that um, often, I feel. So because of that, it's like, it, it it becomes a thing of whether it's because of what they look like or if it's because of the numbers and both things are incredibly superficial. Uh, so it, 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 for me, how I process it, it is that like, well, is it a race thing? Is it not? You have an issue with smaller creators? Like, what is this? Well, you know, it's a funny thing because I've gotten, I've interviewed people like Chris Home from Outro Fluency and Lindsay and Kirsten and mm-hmm. Shannon Kennedy and Ollie Richards and I've interviewed David James and I've interviewed Richard Simca, Alex Rowling, um, Tim Keeley, Connor Klein, um, I've interviewed, um, uh, Robin McPherson and um, Jimmy Mello and Vladimir Skoltetti and Alexei Polidoro from Learn French with Alexa. Mm-hmm. And she is the highest episode that I have to date at 234 listens. Wow. And then I got, um, what else do I have? I have, um, Lydia Makova of learning um language mentoring and oh Susanna Sarayski from languagesmusic.com and um now I'm going to be honest there are a few people that I interviewed and I kind of found that they were kind of their attention span was all over the place mhm I kept getting asked when am I done Mm-hmm. You know, it just, to me, that, you know, and then when I wanted to follow up with a follow-up interview about something that they had done, they said no. Wow. And I was just like, you know, and this is just that part. They're supposed to be a part of the disability community. I'm like, whatever. You know, I, there, there are things, that, and this is why I'm particular about who I want to interview. I mean, there are people that I've interviewed. And then I probably will never talk to again because I I just found some of their stuff to be sexist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, you're going to give this person over an hour and a half, but I only get 20 minutes. Right. I'm like, really? You know, so I try not to take it personally. I'm grateful. But at the end of the day, like, I'm still wanting to interview Moses McCormick. Mm-hmm. Um, I've interviewed Donica Dumlap and Tamara Marie, Tamara Marie and, um, uh, from Spanish Consalsa, Learn Spanish Consalsa. Mm-hmm. And then I've, uh, I interviewed Shahida Foster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, it should, you might travel, but I don't think you get that People, when it comes down to economics, mm-hmm. not everyone has that capital. 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to put it out there. Yes, I live in low income and I, I'm on disability and it's hard for me to get a job and it's hard for me to work. And, you know, I do what I do. But at the end of the day, you're going, you can't judge somebody because they can't fly across the world. Right. There's a lot of people in, in the language learning community that can't afford it at all and they live across the world. You know, yeah. because of their, their situation. You know, so if you can do an online thing, event, then do it. And don't right. charge an arm and a leg for it. Right. You know, but it's like, okay, I would never promise someone that I'm going to teach you a language in seven weeks. Mm-hmm. You can learn a language. You can learn A1 in seven weeks going into A2. But I would mm-hmm. never sit there and tell you. Something right. like, because if I haven't done it, what makes you think I, I'm not going to? No, I'm not going to do that. Right. And but we can't I, guarantee results ever. Right. Not not something that depends on the individual. Right. But see, that's another thing too. Like, you got people that are doing that on their pages. Yeah. You know, and I just said. Mm, that's okay. I mean, I've been ghosted a couple times by people mm-hmm. in regards to interviewing. I was supposed to interview Amber Gonzalez from Soy Ambi TV. Mm-hmm. We, the day before, we were supposed to Skype. The day, the next day, she never contacted me, never called me, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was going on. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. unprofessional. You know? Mm-hmm. And then I was supposed to get somebody else. I got, I've gotten ghosted a number of times by some people that claim to be highly profiled. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it makes you think like, well, okay, they're people. They, you know, whatever. But don't, yeah. but don't cancel and then don't show up the next week. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's time out of my schedule I could have used for another interview. Right. If you want to bail, just bail. Like, communication is key. And I think that's the problem. It's like people get to a certain level of notoriety mm-hmm. because they were on this or they did this. Well, that's mm-hmm. great, but I'm not living in Europe. Right. You know, or this place or that place. I'm just not. Now, I will say, I enjoy my little community I created of 144 people mm-hmm. so far. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I would want, I mean, I have a, over 11,000 listeners from 98 countries, but that took a minute. That just didn't happen overnight. Right. And I was consistent. But at the same time, when they hear this whole interview, it's like, you get to hear both sides of the equation mm-hmm. about language learning and how we feel about it. Right. And I, I kind of like that as opposed to how many questions and blah, blah. Because right. honestly, like, being being black, especially in this country at this time, mm-hmm. you know, I I think it's a great thing that we can learn more than one language. And 
immerse ourselves in someone else's, put our feet in someone else's shoes for a minute. Right. You know, right now I'm on this Arabic trip. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying it. You know, and I'm enjoying cooking food. And I'm enjoying putting, getting my other podcast off the ground. Cooking with Chanel the Visually Impaired Way. And, you know, I'm hoping to get just as many people to, to come my way for that podcast show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you like cooking, then you get to find out how I do it. I give the recipe and I tell you some things about how I do it. You know, but at the mm-hmm. same time, too, it's an ongoing an ongoing um, process. Right. You know. And I'm going to start interviewing people and seeing if I can get people and other, you know, people from YouTube and people, you know, I mean, yes, would I like to interview Paula Dean or would I like to interview Gordon Ramsay? Oh, heck yes. <laughs> that would be great. But at the same time, too, I said, if I can make a cookbook and it can help someone learn English better or Spanish or French or Arabic, that's great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did Spanish because it's a popular language here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, and Arabic is a language that I'm studying. And if I can find someone that speaks it and writes it real well, I, you know, of course, your name would be on the book and we would split the profits and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, you know, that would be a good thing and to see if I can get it in bookstores, you know, which would be great. But at the same time, too, it's like. Um, I feel that this was a community that I was embraced mm-hmm. by a lot of people, and I am. I mean, there are people in my in my language learning group that aren't in other people's language learning groups. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they know who I am. That's obvious. I've been around for the past going on five years. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I look at it, you know, I was green five years ago, and now I'm not anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've accomplished a lot in my own right, but at the same time, I guess I look at it as, I'm appreciative of every guest I have. Um, this is probably the first interview I've done this year, mm-hmm. um, because it's been a minute, it's been since... September since I've done an interview. Wow, that's a long time. Um, mainly because it was starting to get towards the holiday. Mm-hmm. So I said I'll do interviews in the and starting back up in the um January. Um, and mainly because there were other things I wanted to talk about right. myself. And I mean, yeah, I might have eleven point zero k listeners, which I just got last week this past weekend and that took a minute you know but I haven't been out for but what it'll be two years in May wow and I have half of the world population listening to me mm-hmm. so that says something right there you know and everybody's like well that's so great and this is so great you want to do a cookbook people are like dude I'll buy it if you write it I'm like trust me I'm taking my own pictures and everything mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I try to make it as creative as I possibly can and, um, you know, do what I do. Mm-hmm. But I do it for me, too. 
you know, because I'm a creative person. And I said, if I can speak nine languages to whatever degree I want to speak it to, that's fine. I'm not here to impress anyone, even though that irritates the world out of me sometimes. I, you know, I just, I see that a lot. But especially on Twitter, um, you know, it's almost like you guys need to relax and take a breather. You know, and then when you give them, try to give them positive reinforcement, and sometimes it's good and then sometimes it blows up in your face because, you know, people can be arrogant. Right. And it's just like, okay, you're young. I forgot about that. <laughs> you know, I totally forget. Because I'm dealing with a totally different generation than my own. Right. Because I was born in 1977. So I grew up when there wasn't the internet and when I started in my the late 90s and my 20s I kind of like assimilated into the internet slowly so for me it was a little bit different I was there at its at the beginning at its infancy Mm -hmm. so I don't see it in the same way as a millennial would see it right you know I, I didn't go to school with the internet dude we still had the Dewey Decimal System and you know I was still using large print stuff and writing my longhand and I didn't have my first smartphone till I was 32 and I didn't have my first cell phone till I was 26. So for me, it's like I use it as a tool for communication. I'm not using it because, uh, you know, it's like my bread and butter, my lifeline, mm-hmm. you know, and so I can turn it off. Right. A lot of people can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I got to get outside and enjoy the atmosphere of, like, the environment and people. You know, mm-hmm. the Internet's great, but it's not the end or be all of my existence. Right. And so when I see all these people affected by, you know, and some of these people are highly profile polyglots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you sure that it's. The people on the internet, or are you sure that it's something that's going on personal or a combination of both? You know, because if you're trying to measure yourself off of the next person, that's not a good thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. I see a lot of that, especially with these young people in their 20s and early 30s. It's like, dude, you know, I was busy Mm -hmm. enjoying my 20s. Hanging out with my friend at karaoke bars and, you know, all that type of Mm -hmm. stuff. I wasn't caring about who was on the Internet. As a matter of fact, I really didn't become Internet savvy like social media until 2009. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just like, okay, what's this? You know, (laughs) you know, I... I mean, when Facebook actually was around when I was in college, I didn't even sign up until I was out of school. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have time. I'm trying to read books and write papers and give presentations. I don't have time for that. Right. You know, so, I mean, for me, the Internet is totally different. Yeah. And I use it differently, too. And, you know, I try to treat people with the respect that they, they deserve, and I would hope to get re- get the same type of respect back 
sometimes it doesn't always come out that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, it's like, I'm hoping that by telling my language learning journey and sharing it with people around the world and my cooking journey and whatever else I decide to do mm-hmm. um, in regards to podcasting, um, you know, people could could learn something, open their eyes to something different. Right. You know, instead of the same thing. I mean, I would love to interview more people of color, especially from uh, the Black Girls Learn Languages group. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are African-American women that like learning languages, go to Black Girls Learn Languages forum at facebook.com. Yes. Um, you know, it's a great place. Or if you want to learn languages, go to Chanel's Language Learning Journey Mastermind. C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E apostrophe S language learning journey mastermind um, page on Facebook. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> um, Chanel's language learning journey podcast on anchor.fm and cooking with Chanel, the visually impaired way on anchor.fm. But in closing, do you, is there anything you want to say to the, people out there um be a good person i feel like okay so i think good and bad is subjective it really is um and but but for the most part we know what's good because we know how we want to be treated and when it comes to language learning especially know like that's an important thing to learn um how people treat others in other countries learn what's respectful learn that you aren't the only one um learn that you're not the focus of absolutely everything um and learn that you have to protect yourself uh because ultimately all of these things are so important when uh when traveling no matter where you are how you treat people is incredibly important because mm-hmm. I, I think that how you treat others is a very important way of protecting yourself. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's obviously the way that, um, you, it, it represents you in so many different ways. I feel like nothing of what I'm saying makes sense, but what I'm trying to say, I guess, is do your best to do right by people. Not every way, not everywhere is going to function the same way you function. And you need to protect yourself as best you can. So actively find ways that you can protect yourself um, online, in person, through your languages, because that is that is actually really awesome. Imagine taking a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and you have a Brazilian teacher who is down to teach you Portuguese. That would be awesome. So you're that's 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 a very far out kind of way that I was talking it's, it's far out from what I was saying but um it's important to 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 not be a jerk is basically what I'm trying to say um and nothing I said made sense I don't make sense often I I, I talk in circles I lose my train of thought I I ramble a lot um and also just learn yourself Learn yourself through your languages because not only do people learn to understand themselves through their languages, but they also need to like be able to communicate who they are 
and it's like I have a hard time struggling I I that's redundant I have a hard time finding like my my hobbies in in my target languages and it kind of stresses me out so um with that be nice (laughs) um because the language learning community can easily not be the best of places um and just protecting yourself that also like I said like socially um it it goes for online there are so many people on exchange platforms that aren't necessarily interested in helping you learn the languages um and you got to be prepared for those kinds of things um but make sure you're being respectful of everyone uh anyway yeah that's all I think where can they find you um, I'm mostly on Twitter at Mikiyama Courtney, um, M I C H I A M O C O R T N E Y. Uh, and my Instagram that I don't really use anymore, even though I'm supposed to, I keep telling myself I'm going to keep, I'm going to start using it again, but I never do, but I do plan to this year. We'll see how that goes. That's at, um, Adventures of Courtney the Polyglot and, uh, Courtney. It's spelled C-O-R-T-N-E-Y, and that's that's really it. I don't do anything else. So, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I had You're fun lo- talking to you. Yes, I I enjoyed this a great deal. We're going to have to reconnect in, like, six months or so. Okay. Okay, um, I'm down for that. And if, if you, if you um, know of anybody else who wants to be interviewed, let put them my way. Okay, I will. Thank oh. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Thank you for being the first guest of 2020. I'm, that's awesome, I think. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do believe that this is the year of the woman. <laughs> this has to be. This yes. would be. That would be incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, I if we could have a woman president as, as president, that would be great. That so, would be that, that is revolutionary, honestly. If we did, that would be incredible. Yeah. So, everybody, um, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. You should. I highly recommend it. And um, give me a rating and review. It helps me grow. I'm in 98 countries now. I'm two countries away from 100. And I'm 97 away from having conquered the entire planet. So, um <laughs> You know, I'm being listened to in half of the world's population right now. So let's keep it going. Um, I want to get to, like, at least 50K by the end of the year, if that's even possible, Uh, which I know it probably will be. (laughs) It can happen. It can happen. I believe in you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Trust me. I believe in me, too. And, I, I, you know, I do this for all the people who listen week in and week out. And, um everybody remember language learning is a journey and it can be a fun one Mm -hmm. if you let it be and it's a process i hope you enjoyed the podcast and i will see you guys in the next episode of chanel's language learning journey podcast bye bye